What's up, guys and gals? This Gravity Lab Radio was brought to you, is brought to you by you, the fans. This is another one of those uh, in the PD uh, series tour. Performance Designs allowed us to set up shop for the Gravity Lab Radio air show. And uh, for all of the air show, Performance Designs is really one of our main sponsors. The other one are you, the listeners. Many of you donated, many of you helped, many of you supported that cause. And right now, I want to focus on you guys. And I say that because right now, being March 23rd, 2020, and the coronavirus, we're probably just at the beginning of what's going on. And I really appreciate the support and the reach out and the help you guys gave us to run the show in the land. But right now, a really more or a really big help is out there, a really big need or more important need is out there. Uh, something way bigger than in any of us. And that's a lot of our friends and a lot of our family are not going to be working for the next one, two, three, four, who knows, weeks. We really don't know what's going to happen. A lot of our best friends, a lot of our closest friends and families are full-time skydiving instructors, massage therapists, uh, estheticians, did I say that right? Uh, folks who work in beauty salons, nails, hands, hairs, get your head did. Uh, people work as servers in restaurants, bartenders. There are all sorts of service industry jobs where our friends and family aren't working. I would challenge you, find a friend, find a family member, find somebody who might need help. And if you are one of the lucky ones who do get to keep working, who do get to uh, work, hopefully from home, we really should be isolated right now. Find that homie, find that friend, find that server. Tonight when my wife and I eat dinner, I'm going to hit up one of my server friends and ask them for their Venmo and I'm going to tip them for my dinner tonight. I know it's kind of weird. I know it's kind of odd. I'm not going to tell them why I'm trying to get a hold of them, but uh, it's what I'm going to do. I'm going to challenge you guys and gals. Find somebody who needs help. Find somebody who needs some love. Uh, if you don't feel comfortable taking help from your friends, go work around their house. Go mow their yard. Go work on their fence. Go do something. This Gravity Lab Radio is brought to you by brought to you by you, the community. We come for the skydives. We stay for the skydivers. Together, we will be stronger through this all. So I just encourage you guys, be out there, love one another from at least three feet away. Uh, be good to each other. Be kind to each other. Help each other. Together, we will make this work. This episode of Gravity Lab Radio was the first in the air show series. It is actually a buddy of ours, Jesse O'Neill, super good dude, really enjoyed getting to know him through this visit, not just this episode of the podcast, but the four or five days we were in the land. So uh, enjoy this episode of Mr. Jesse O'Neill, the new performance designs tour rep. I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and Nicholas Lott. Produced by Justin Grubbs. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? Gentlemen. Well, Hey. Hi. Well, here we are at PD, and here DJ's texting. You, dude, I, yeah. I You're like to, a millennial. I am, dude. I'm like a millennial in a 46-year-old man's body. 
So I'm just confirming some guests. So guys and gals, we are live. If you're watching the show, you can see here, this is the one, the only Claudio. So <laughs> if you know, the hardest part of scheduling a show is guest. I like and that you went for skin tone first. So that was what you chose. <laughs> up, yeah. I mean, that's what I assumed I saw. That was good. And Claudio, unfortunately, he would love to be here. He had some work stuff come up. Uh, he actually had to stay over late for a trip. Is not going to be back in time today. So instead, I would love to thank the Nubo. Nubo. For being, Nubo. That's my name. Is that what you set us up for earlier? That's my name. Well, yeah. Let's say someone doesn't know who Bo is. Why are we calling you Nubo? So new U.S. tour rep for performance designs. I'll be seeing all you guys around the country. I don't know. There's a lot of cameras. so don't. Yeah, don't worry about that. There's yeah. two. Well, there's a there. third one. Oh, crap. I thought that was your guys, too. Oh, that's, nah. No, that's not ours. Okay, it's the same thing, too. Albert's we watching us. We should have come. Hi, Albert. So the the U.S. tour rep. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you go around to these different drop zones. Yeah. You take a lot of parachutes with you. A lot of parachutes. How how many canopies do you do you roll with on a normal trip? You know, don't have that exact number, but I'd say a good like fifty or so. It, it, but it's boxes and boxes, right? Boxes. You and guys boxes. tend to to ship the the canopies to where you're going. Well, if we have the uh, that lovely trailer out there, just mm. load them all up into the back. Okay. Pop around drop zone to drop zone. We also have a, a second tour that. We can ship anywhere in the country to, you know, if there's a, two events going on at the same time or anything like that. So, How long have you been doing this? A uh, really long time. Just about three months now. Man, it's so super long. Yeah. Veteran. Well, before we get too far, Nubo, as everybody shall know him as oh, yeah. from now on, is really named Jesse O'Neill. Because, you know, we got to give you a real name. Thank you. Someone has to. Yeah. Well, I should have made up another new name and not called you. Even my mom calls me Nubo. Oh, oh man. man. That would be so sad if that were She's true. She's still disappointed in me. <laughs> well, some things don't change. So is Bo's mother. So Yeah. Well, yeah, so you're really fulfilling the role. Yeah. <laughs> so where are you from originally? So I'm from Vermont, southern Vermont. Yeah. Wait a minute. Where's Bo from originally? Not no, Northwest. Yeah. Who was... Man, I can't remember who's from that area that I know recently. Bernie Sanders. Yeah, Bernie. How do you feel about Joe Bernie? Joe Getty. <laughs> that's where I'm at. Don't worry about me. I don't know if that's right. Bernie, you're, are you a fan? I love Bernie. Does everyone in Vermont love Bernie? No, definitely not everyone. No? No. Old white people? That's all we have. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Florida, but cold. That's why I think nobody loves Bernie, because they're all <laughs> white people. I'm speaking from experience. Yep. Wait a minute. I'm yellow. I'm off-white. Beige. You come from Vermont. Did you start skydiving there? No, I started skydiving in Massachusetts, little uh, drop zone, well, kind of medium-sized drop zone called Jumptown. Um, it's one of the oldest in the country. Uh, Mass Sport Parachute Club's been there since, like, I don't know, the 50s? Yeah, it's been around yeah. quite a while. Yeah. I'm going to get you to kind of, like, pull that mic a oh, little bit more so directly in front of you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can pull it. Just, just manhandle this thing. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like last night. Manhandle yeah. it all you want. Anyway, <laughs> I thought that was... I thought that was okay. Yeah, that was no, like so. Keep it in line with your face. Like if you turn it sideways. Yeah, like I think he was just. Uh, oh, there, there we go. go. We had a Stephanie. That's an epiphany. <laughs> my bad. So uh, that makes sense. You started jumping at Jumptown. Know yep. the place. I haven't got to be there. And when did you start sky jumping? So did my first tandem in the fall of 2012, and then had to wait all winter to go back and do my second one. And did a second one and signed up for AFF with a coworker about. Probably a week later, and then never left the drop zone from there. So I've shot about one million tandem videos. Wow! I really am interested in the question of uh, what made people decide to do their first jump. Yeah. So was there uh, was there a special occasion for you? Did someone talk you into it? No, actually, I uh, so I turned eighteen, signed myself out of high school for the first time because I could, 
and me and a buddy went to uh, went to Jumptown. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been flying. My dad's a pilot. He's a like commercial flight instructor. Okay. He's been doing it for a long time, and so I've been flying since I was a little kid. And so pretty comfortable in airplanes. Yeah, pretty comfortable. Okay, and where we flew out of Turner's Falls is right next door to. It's like five miles away from from Orange, so. Mm-hmm. Would always hear over the radio, you know, jumpers away, stuff like that. Would always see the parachute. So ever since I was a little kid, it's always been like, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So I just decided to go do it. And then so you were playing hooky from school. Yep. Had signed yourself out of school. Yeah. God, that's a smart move. I never <laughs> thought of that. I didn't tell my parents. They found out because I changed my uh, desktop photo <laughs> to uh, like one of the landing landing photos, and somehow they made they ended up seeing that, and then like, what the fuck is this? And I got in trouble. But for ditching school or for going skydiving? Yes. All of the above. <laughs> so one of my favorite questions to the new jumpers is always, how did your parents respond to you skydiving? How long did it take for them to be okay with it? Um, still f- figuring out the, the last one. <laughs> the, they've come to accept it, uh-huh. obviously. Well, no, not obviously, but <laughs> they still talk to me. Yeah, but they're not excited you do this. Not not terribly so. Have they ever watched you jump? Yeah, yeah. They'd always pop up into the drop zone, which, you know, as you guys know, if your parents are there and unexpectedly, it may be a little awkward at times. So, um, Have they seen you land? Yeah. That explains why they don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding, <laughs> man. I'm Nobody likes, yeah. Cool. So neither of them have jumped, I'm, I'm guessing. No, I've been trying to get my mom to go for a while. My dad said he never will, but I think it's solely like his uh, will to not is slowly being eroded over time. And as soon as I get my, my sister to go, I think he'll go because yeah. then he'll feel emasculated. I mean, I would think... <laughs> <laughs> it's a good strategy. <laughs> I would think someone with piloting experience would understand, you know, a lot of people must ask the questions, isn't it scary to be a pilot, be con- in control of an airplane, yada, yada, yada? And with his, you know, aeronautical knowledge, some of it is going to translate to skydiving. Yeah, for so sure. I, I, I bet you talk him into it. Yeah, but like it's... Th- it's like all all pilots, like you, as instructors, you guys have never heard this, but like, why would you jump out of a perfectly good <laughs> airplane? Sure. Yeah, so you know, it's that's the the running logic um, with him. So we'll see. Eventually, you started. I'm wor- coming for you, Dad. You started working <laughs> in the sport when? Um, pretty damn soon. Well, a, like AFF. Basically, I was doing ground crew, learning okay. how to pack. Um, so that was the summer. The summer that I did AFF was the summer in between high school and college and then I went to I was going to school for photography at uh the, I ended up choosing the school I was either going to go to UVM or uh or this place in Massachusetts but the place in Massachusetts was a hell of a lot closer to a drop zone so I ended up choosing that school which was great for skydiving terrible for my career <laughs> I ended up dropping out um because I just well failing out my, <laughs> my mom still doesn't know um, hi mom hi mom she's bad with Facebook so she's probably not gonna watch this sweet um, but yeah because it was like I did really good the first semester because it's cold and snowy and no one was there or well, no one was skydiving and then uh, once the spring came around I was basically not at the at the school so, so h- how many jumps do you have now like 1700 okay cool like H- so have you applied any of your photography knowledge to skydiving yeah that's pretty much the only skydiving I've done since I could, I've been m- like most of my jumps are all video or j- video jumps. Um, so uh, USPA recommends two hundred jumps. Yeah. Before you jump a camera. Yeah, that w- yeah, I stuck Ooh. to that. Did you? Okay, cool. I didn't. 
Yeah. But I, I learned at a place where rules like that just, just weren't apply. enforced. Yeah. I wish someone would have uh, held me to those standards a little better because I, I would have become a better skydiver before I started taking really shitty pictures yep. of it. <laughs> like my, my first video edits are all exits <laughs> and then my parachute opening. That's it. Yeah, I, th- I think we've all been there. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't get any closer. <laughs> I, uh, I think I had close to 500 jumps before I started jumping a camera. Yeah. But I mean, in the 90s, it wasn't nearly as accessible as it was later in time. And God, man, when I started jumping cameras, we were still jumping. Super 8, eight yeah. VHS. Man, it's, I feel like a dinosaur saying that, but hey, yes. what, what was your first setup like? What cameras were you were you jumping? First, like like full video setup? Yeah. Um, I had a, I think it was a GoPro 4 with a hypoxic, mm-hmm. or it turned on, and then a Canon 60D with a okay. Sigma 18, which is heavy as yeah, hell. Yeah, yeah. Um, at least you only had one camera that was that heavy, though, right? Yeah, shout out to all the real old school guys who I don't like picking up some of those camera helmets, man. I'm like, how were you guys jumping sabers? You know, saber ones back in the day. Like, yeah, it was a different game. I every, love. How I mean, well, I mean, anything back then. I love how he said, "Shout out to all the old." Did you notice he looked straight at me as he <laughs> said "old"? I mean, you're a mature, modern gentleman. Thank you, Mr. P. You are average height. Well, you have... <laughs> oh, wait. Was, it's so funny. Eloquent. My brain went immediately to, he's insulting you. Think of something rude to say. And then I realized that you were uh, trying to compliment me. That's as close I mean, as I but get. But you're lying, so thank you. So one of the things I want to know about parents always is when I, when I first started skydiving, my mom and dad were like, we're not shocked. I had done, I say, a bunch of bungee jumping, maybe like six bungee jumps at that point, which, you know, to a Wuffo, six skydives is a lot as well. Yeah. Um, I was a skateboarder, snowboarder. I love doing all the things. And so, oh, you started skydiving. We're not shocked. I didn't tell them before. They lived in a separate state. I landed. I got home. I was super jacked. Called them. I just made a skydive. And we're not shocked was their response. And they were super cool about it. And then when I told my parents, I'm going to work in the industry, my dad immediately had some very legitimate questions. And the one thing I wish every skydiver would have is this conversation. What are the finances? What are your future? How can you deal with health care? How can you deal with retirement? What is like he had very legitimate questions. And I told my dad what every brand new working skydiver believes. I'm going to make this much money a year, which was not a lot, but it was enough. that He goes, OK, you have ideas. It didn't work the first 10 years, but fortunately, 10 <laughs> years after that, it's been working. Yeah. How did your parents take to you working full time? So. Uh, similar with you, it it wasn't like a, uh, they weren't shocked that I went skydiving, Mm -hmm. you know, but it was definitely, um, they weren't necessarily happy about it either. But, uh, you know, not going back to college, they were not happy about by any means. Um, But, and I'd say it took a couple of years for them to, you know, so so I started off packing and and some people know, like you can make some really good money packing if you hustle. And uh I did that. I was one of the only packers that jumped out for a while and then going to, uh, you know, I w- went to Z Hills and, and uh, S- old San Marcos, now Spaceland. And um, so went around packing and I was making good money, but uh, which they were happy with, but I wasn't good with managing it, which uh, is still a work in progress. Um, but I'd say that they were at least happy that I, even though I dropped out of college, that I was at least doing something. So, um, and they're definitely a lot happier now that I have a real job. 
So that's I was going to get to that because earnestly, most people don't see what we do as a real job. You know, you're you're skydiving, yeah. bum, you're whatever. But at least when you're working within the manufacturing industry, yeah. there is a, a job. There is, in some cases, benefits, vacation, whatever. Yeah, and that changes their story. Yeah, uh, very much so. Yeah, they're they're both super excited. It's I'm pretty sure my dad feels like. Oh, wow, he's finally doing something with his life. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I really get so many questions regularly. How many new jumpers? I think we've all heard, like, well, I want to work in the sport. I want to do that. I want to be the new bow. I want to be whatever. Uh, what advice would you give a new jumper who wants to break into working in the sport? And Man, I, I wish somebody, like, had that conversation with me. Like, you know what you've yeah. done? Like, having the go for it. I mean, it's awesome. Like, the, you know, being able, like, learning to shoot video, like, you shoot like flying video it's like you become like such an amazing flyer you, you know you, you have can, to can you yeah. sure can as long well, as you, you have, can, you have yes. goals I've, yes, i know some can. old school camera <laughs> flyers who don't have skills yep. that that i'd like to emulate yeah um and it opens up the door to so many opportunities where whether it means you know just packing or working on the ground or you know building up your ratings and stuff like that but it only works well if you put some thought into it i think it, it only works well in the long run if you put some thought into it I, I and i definitely didn't do that i don't think i realized until like maybe a year ago that i'm gonna get old someday yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know because when you're when you're young and you're just enjoying life it's so easy to just enjoy every you know oh yeah. it's gonna be, i'm gonna be 20 forever right that's how it goes yeah but as uh, as i mature and see other people mature and uh my mom especially and see her, oh, well, she's planning for retirement. It's like, man, I've given zero legitimate thought to that at yeah, all. seriously. That so was my biggest thing. And it makes me, like, seeing all these old-school jumpers at every drop zone, you know, they have, like, 10,000 tandems, and they've been doing it for 40 years. And I'm like, how that, like, I'm destroyed at the end of a week, and how are you guys still doing this? Mm -hmm. And you're 60. I don't get it. <laughs> I'm glad he looked at you when he said 60. Yeah, I, was, <laughs> I mean, I made you feel bad the Inches. last time. I wanted to regain it a little bit. <laughs> We're, as long as we're talking 60 inches tall. Come on. When you don't make, I don't thought you were talking about your guns. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. That would be impressive. So uh, we just kind of touched on the fact that you were a, a video flyer. Mm -hmm. I think that that's, th when I started skydiving, that, that was the coolest thing. To, I mean, the, the videographers I thought were the coolest dudes. And I didn't have a big interest in cameras or photography or video at the time. But those guys caught my attention because they were, it seemed like they were having the most fun. Yeah. And uh, ex my experience of working in skydiving, I still think that, that video is the most fun. Yeah. Because it's like, man, it, I mean, there's obviously some responsibility, but a lot less responsibility than doing an AFF jump or being being attached to a tandem student. So it's like, hey, once once that drogue set, it's like my job is really to have fun with this person and get it on video. Yeah. Um, do you have any, uh, any advice for someone who's interested in, in shooting video? with your photography background? Take, uh, well, I mean, I'd say definitely a lot of people that I've seen, and then it happens a lot more at, like, smaller drop zones, um, but they just go and just start shooting video. Just you put, know, the, put those cameras on that they yeah, have no put, idea put how the, to use? Put the cameras on their head and just start chasing tandems and, you know, mm -hmm. really take your time to, to, you know, get some coaching. You know, like, there's, you know, there's some courses out there, but really the, be the best thing, I think, is, like, you know, doing a mentorship. Um, because there's a lot of things in any kind of video flying that can go wrong. And uh, most of the time you don't see them until they happen to you. Mm -hmm. And for me, and I know a lot of video flyers out there, I didn't know about them until they happened to me. Like, give me an example. You know, um, the, you know the, the Kona death. 
of you know and the, oh, yeah. the scariness of a drogue and um so talk about the, the cone of death for someone who might not know what, what you mean so basically it's like a 45 degree cone above and below um tandems let's so just let's just imagine i'm above a tandem why don't i want to be there well if the drogue's not out you can get a nice uh sigma ball to the face <laughs> um or uh or premature deployment or any you know mm-hmm. basically you're sitting over a parachute that may or may not come out at any time and you don't want to be gift wrapped right so spaceland where we call home uh all students are trained to pull from from jump number one yep and i've seen students pull that parachute at every stage of the skydive from right out the door to they didn't pull it at all when the instructors yeah. you know tapping on their altimeter and putting their hand on on the handle yeah my fr- my first time was where i had something like that was um had, we used to jump jump strongs at jump town when i first started and a student pulled the ripcord right out the door when they freaked out and I was in a slightly wrong place and all of a sudden I had a nice strong ALS bag wasn't past my face because I was in the wrong spot and then I realized what the cone of death was. Have you been hit by anything like drogue or main canopy on opening at any point? Not main canopy, been, yeah. been punched in the face with a drogue. Yeah, it's yeah. N- I had a tandem instructor I early on my first year shooting video. This is my count, new to our drop zone. Of course, silly me relied on his count, and his count was, he gave a big arm count when he explained it to me, and we got in the door, and his hand twitched. And I'm like, and so I freaked out. Was that ready? Yeah. I freaked out and just left with him. And not only did his hand just twitch, and I left with him, which, horrible idea if you're listening to this, like, just peel afterwards. And the reason it's a horrible idea is as he left the plane, he threw the drogue. So the drogue went straight against my body, flew past my body. I'm jumping a ring sight. The bridle goes straight up into my ring sight between my face and my ring sight. I was smart enough to jump nylon screws, yep. so the ring sight broke off. It was attached by a cable, so it flopped, and I didn't lose a damn thing except for my neck was jacked for a week. So, I mean, that cone of death is horrible. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And same thing below. The first time I, I jumped uh, with a Sigma, I uh, you know, I was I had a decent amount of video jumps at the time, and I was like, oh, I I got this. I don't need to ask anybody. It's another tandem, and then um, I was in the, my same spot that I always am for deployment, mm-hmm. which is pretty close, and uh, didn't know about the trap door, yeah. and uh, that was a interesting, uh, very nice face to face with a tandem student. <laughs> I bet you got some good shots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really but good ones. Wouldn't surprise me if your eyes were bigger than theirs in that moment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wish now now I wish they had a camera. Yeah. I, uh, that's the other question I wanted to get to is that facing because we talk about the cone of death above and below, but a lot of new flyers don't understand there is a trap door. The drogue is holding us at a steady fall rate. Mm-hmm. It collapses on release for at least UPT systems, not yep. for strong systems. Uh, they accelerate. If that trap door lasts longer, they accelerate longer. And this has actually happened. I'm not trying to, I, I, man, what I have some friends in this story. So again, I'm not trying to speak ill of anybody, but that trap door was longer. They went further. The canopy opens up and creates a much larger burble mm-hmm. than you will, and it sucked the video flyer into the burble. There were some really bad endings to the skydive. Um, fortunately, the student is okay. And and God, I hate to see a tandem instructor get hurt ever, but I'd rather the tandem instructor get hurt than the student. Yeah. So the cone of death really on opening. It's thankfully today we preach and teach like get away, stay yeah. out of that because and we sometimes saw those that. parachutes even start flying forward too. You yeah. know and if. There's a lot of things that can go wrong. So yeah. spend the time, work with somebody who knows what they're doing, and learn from them. I'm going to keep going. Before we do, I had like six cup of coffees this morning, and that's not even English. <laughs> well, you have fun <laughs> in the bathroom, my friend. <laughs> so uh, a common mistake Sh- that... Should we go? You can go with him. He probably needs a hand. No heavy lifting. 
<laughs> my arthritis is kicking in. I do need a hand. Don't pick up anything small, <laughs> the doctor said. So uh, I guess a, a common downfall that I see is people don't know how to use their cameras on the ground yeah. and think that they know how to use them in the, in the sky, the, the spray and pray For method, sure. right? Yep. So uh, with your history in, uh, in photography, what would you say someone can do to increase their chances of getting quality pictures and video when they do put the cameras on their head? Well, yeah, like you said, like you should definitely know like what they're doing with it on the ground. You know, like you can take some photo classes or you can YouTube has everything. Mm -hmm. You know, you can learn everything on the Internet. Um, But just start shooting on the ground, you know, and that's uh, honestly, that's the best way to learn. Even if you're just using like sport mode or or easy settings like that to start off with, it's the best way to really teach yourself how to use the manual settings of the camera, how everything works, mm-hmm. so that not only can you get good shots, but you know if something goes wrong on your camera, you most likely you've ran into it before, and you can still give the customer the product that they paid for. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, the, there are a lot of people that just go out and buy a Sony A6000 and a, it's a great camera. A, it's a great camera and and a GoPro and strap it on their head and put a bite switch in their mouth and start working and uh, pictures come out, you know, well, everything comes out pretty nicely, but if you've, if you've got a good cam, if you've got good cameras, you've got a lot on your side, right? Yeah. Even, even with uh, not a great uh, skill set or knowledge yeah. base, really good cameras. You might, you might get some decent pictures, yeah. but I think people who spend a little bit of time learning like lighting, framing, composition, stu- study those three things and it will change your, your the, the way that you look at whatever it is you're, you're taking a picture. Yeah, of, right? even if you don't know like how the you know how your camera works the ins and outs of it, just actually having those three things that you just said, it can you know make your shots you know that much better. So do you, did, do you still? Uh, I'm I'm a little bit of a camera nerd, not as much as some, but I still uh, really love YouTube tutorials. Yeah, like I'd, as far as editing, uh, you know, lighting techniques or or you know compositional theory whatever i can nerd out on some of that stuff is there uh, do you still do you still have an interest in any of that are you still studying anything for for sure i uh actually it was my so (laughs) this past year was like really bad weather season up north um i think a lot of the country but so for the past couple years i've been running a uh aerial video company um so doing drone video for real estate or weddings stuff like that and so that was a huge learning curve for me. I've been did flying drones for years. Did you get your uh, part 107? Yeah, man. You I, got the I was like one of the first. That's awesome. Yeah, FAA, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one too, but it took me like two years. Yeah, it's, it's, it's easy if you're already a pilot. So oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I bet you don't have to. Do, I, I did, don't. did you really have to study very much? No. I don't think I had to do any. I don't remember. I had to study a lot because I am not a pilot. Yeah. And I thought I was a little, uh, oh, man, my Scott having knowledge is going to help me with some of this pilot stuff. But I was really surprised what they want you to know about. Water cloud clear- clearances again? Above or below 10,000 feet MSL. There's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I keep my eyes closed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you didn't see it, you didn't break the rule, right? Yeah, I, I can't open it wide works. enough. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was go. surprised by, by the amount of pilot knowledge that they wanted you to know that has, from my, my, my opinion, has very little to do with actually flying the drone. But yeah. I think it gives you a much greater respect for the knowledge that pilots have. And hopefully that respect rolls over into airspace and understanding. And that airspace thing is the biggest part because as a pilot, I've had close calls with 
I've had one close call on approach with a drone, and uh, it's from somebody not understanding airspace or how airports work or anything like that. I, I mean, if you think it's a cool idea to fly your little drone near where airplanes are landing, you got like, a great shot of my of my angry face uh, and my, that. And the face that was scared before that one. But <laughs> but if if you think that's a, like a safe thing to do, yeah. I mean I don't know that you save those idiots by you know telling them to to get a license first, other than tell them to get the license and hope that they learn something along the way. Yeah. But if you've got that brand new little Mavic and you think it's cool to get shots of airplanes, don't do that. Please don't do that. <laughs> or shots of parachutes landing because we can't see you when we're in the middle of a turn and hit the drone. I'm waiting for that one. I'm sure it's happened that we don't know of. It comes it, out cool if you plan it. Oh, for sure, for sure. But that planning part, right? Yeah. Plan a lot of things. Yeah. Like my mom, she complains because I wasn't playing. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it, it. Yeah, just don't fly them randomly. Don't do anything randomly. Yeah. So your your aerial video company, how uh, did you do more commercial stuff, more real estate stuff? Yeah, I did a lot of lot of lot of real estate. I've as a photographer, I, I hate weddings, so I hate doing anything God, like that. Same. <laughs> um, Tell me what you don't like about weddings, just so I can feel more justified in having the same opinion. I hate weddings. Um, oh, period. <laughs> and but mainly just like I like doing my own thing. I don't like you know this person's like relying on me to have like memories of a lifetime. A lot of pressure, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't like that. And if you're not I like doing my own thing, if you're not clear in what the expectations yeah. are, you got some bridezilla. Yeah, gonna go crazy yeah. about it. Yeah, that's not that's <laughs> not a good spot. I like being at a wedding, but that's because I like to dance and eat cake. Yeah, <laughs> I like that part of wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just don't yeah. like. Being responsible for yeah. for making that beautiful memory. Yep. Okay, so we don't like weddings. What else? What what uh, what other what other videos were you doing? Uh, really, a lot of like I said, just the the real estate, which is the cash cows, like you know, twenty minutes and or an hour on site, an hour and a half total with editing, you know, and have have a good little chunk of change in your pocket for, you know, from a client. So. And this this didn't get your parents excited about hey, doing some real life stuff. No, I guess that did, but that's because it wasn't skydiving. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. You're no longer jumping. I, well, I want to go back because I went pee and I don't know everything anymore. Uh, you guys talked a little bit about camera. A question I have, and recently, Nick, you kind of exposed the video department in Houston to, is camera settings. So for years, we manually adjusted a lot of our settings. Um, Nick, I think you recently learned I did a lot of photography in college. It's You have to take art in school. I can't draw a straight line with a ruler. So I was like, oh, photography, that's art. And I found out I was actually pretty decent at it, composition, understanding the mechanics. Do you guys shoot on auto? Are you using settings? Where's the importance of that in skydiving today? I shoot on manual. Uh, well, I mean, there's, there's a I shoot mostly manual settings. Um, it's been a minute since I've put a full, like, you know, stills camera mm -hmm. on my head. Um, but for a lot of people, especially if, you know, like we talked about, you don't really understand the all the all the settings, all the manual settings, stuff like that. Like, I really think that for the mo like the people get great results with you know sport mode or even using aperture priority, you know stuff like that. That takes a little more fine tuning, but it's not the full you know open end of of uh, of the manual spectrum. So, yeah. I don't know. Uh, so I, I did find. In everyday tandem video, it didn't matter nearly as much. But on that sunset jump, knowing your settings, knowing to be able to set things up, how often, what do you use, Nick? Manual? I on? use manual a lot of the time. And then if I'm not shooting on manual, I might shoot on shutter priority. Let's just say that there's a day where... Uh, yeah, that's what I meant, shutter, not aperture. Th that maybe there are some clouds mm -hmm. that we may or may not be right above or, or right below or that we might pass through. When you're above clouds, like on a... 
Let's say it's a day where it's you know broken enough that we can still be jumping ar- around the clouds. The the white of the clouds is like a, a giant uh, uh, bounce sheet where it's it's throwing the light back up onto the bottom of the student. The pictures look really great, but the moment that you pass below the level of the clouds, now you're kind of in the in the shade. And so if you were shooting full manual and didn't have this in mind that this might happen, you might end up with pictures being a little darker or a little uh, overexposed. So that's that's my de- that might be a situation where I shoot in uh, shutter priority instead of manual. It's uh, interesting because I've heard so many different stories over the most recent years. And man, if, if your excuse is, is your camera's an auto and not working right because it's an auto, that's your fault for not learning how your camera yeah. works and how to u- use yeah, your camera. Sure. It's you're a professional photographer if you're skydiving with a camera, right? Yeah. And I love how serious you took that thought process and the fact that you applied it. No wonder you're actually in a professional job in skydiving now so uh, how did uh, how did this opportunity with pd come up i honestly don't know confusion. um so well that's actually uh, that's a good so question. uh <laughs> bo occupied your job previously yeah so old, old bo been uh, <laughs> met bo on his uh first year tour he came up to jump town mm-hmm. i was working there um and uh, kept in touch throughout the years and uh, mentioned to me in you know, whenever he was up this past year, mm-hmm. um, I, don't, I don't quite remember that uh, that he's thinking about leaving and that you know that there'd be an opening. Thinks that I should apply. So as soon as I could, I did, and then I didn't hear anything for like two months, and I was like, well, not th- I'm not surprised that I, you know, didn't get the job or didn't get didn't hear about this. Um, you know, there's a lot of other people out there who are way you know in my opinion was way more qualified to you know for the job but that's i guess that's kind of how a lot of people feel about any job that they really really want you know like there's someone else is going to get this not me uh maybe that's just me hashtag self-esteem no, I, no, I know that feeling <laughs> and then when you get that job i know the, the same feeling yeah. of like oh they're gonna know i'm thinking it. <laughs> they're gonna know god they're gonna really realize this is someone else's resume with my name on it but um yeah, one ended up <laughs> sorry, Albert. Um, got, a, uh, <laughs> got a call from uh, from Albert and had an absolutely terrible interview. This one's going way better, um, <laughs> but yeah, absolutely terrible interview. What was bad about it? Everything. It was uh, I had so I I had to drop my dad off at the airport um, that morning, and so I had like one hour of sleep, and then I drove right back to my camper at Jumptown sat down and opened my computer, so I was, like, deliriously tired. Um, I'm terrible with interviews. It was a job that I really wanted. Delirious. Oh, and th- I, my, my camp ran out of propane, and it was, like, no- October. Um, so freezing cold, too, trying to sh- not to shiver. And, uh, yeah, basically just... Apparently it went better than I thought it did, but... Were you wearing pants? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I almost... I I was planning on not wearing pants, but it was about 32 oh, yeah, degrees in the was camper. Cold. Okay, yeah. all right. I just imagine if I was doing a Skype interview, I would just not wear pants. Yeah, that was... You know Bo's story, right? No. He I, I don't remember if it was for a PD interview or for Infinity, but he did a Skype interview and he wasn't wearing pants. I don't know if that's where you got... No, it. that was... I just wouldn't have been wearing pants. Yeah, so yeah. I immediately think, like, if you're going to be Bo, you shouldn't wear pants in this interview. And if I'm Albert, next time somebody interviews via Skype, I'm going to say... Please stand up. Oh Just my <laughs> god! Yes. yes, that's a great idea. Good thing I didn't didn't not wear pants on this one. Oh man! <laughs> so what what uh, what about this uh, P 
PD tour rep job? What 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 appeals to you? What are you excited to do? Everything. Well, yeah, okay. Like, so I, I love I love. Honestly, I'm super grateful for this job and to work for this company. I've I've been wanting a job in the industry for years, and obviously, well, a lot of people really want to work for like PD. Mm-hmm. And when they're you know when they're coming up, it's you know, like it's kind of like everyone's like, damn, that would be so cool. Um, and it honestly is. So you guys all should try. <laughs> we don't have that many openings, but <laughs> I heard there's an opening for a tour rep coming up soon in the U.S. Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> Albert. Uh, we haven't broken that one yet, but oh, my bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> damn it! Yeah, make it, gonna make me cry. Um, but honestly, uh, the the travel, mm-hmm. I'm really excited for that. I I did a lot of traveling before I got into skydiving, mm-hmm. um, and I've done some since, you know. But that's mainly just going south for work and then going back up north for work. So I'm really excited to go drop zone, drop zone, see what every little or big place has to offer. And that's been my favorite thing so far about hopping around for work is you know every drop zone has that family vibe Mm -hmm. it's all or you know can it's all different it's all very um they're all unique um but they're all like super special in their own way and it's once you the more time you spend with them like it's or at a drop zone like it's it's pretty cool like they're all kind of the same but uh, does that make any sense yeah there's there's so many similarities but still astounding differences yeah yeah like uh, we were at the land yesterday and i was having this very same feeling of man it kind of feels like i'm home but everything here is totally different. wrong yeah yeah and not not wrong in the sense of they're doing anything just wrong in the sense of like how i feel oriented there yeah because everything's in a different spot and they they run things differently but there's still that vibe of like yeah i belong here like yeah these are my people yeah so it's it's actually kind of I've been living in a camper for a long time. And the, the way that I look at it is like, you know, it's if you're taking a camper on a road trip, which I'll be doing a lot of, um, but you know, it's, you're, you're in your house all the time. And then when you wake up in the morning, go outside, you're in a different place. Like this feels like home, but it's not, mm-hmm. this is weird, you know? So it, that didn't make any sense that we had that talk. Uh, that <laughs> made perfect sense <laughs> no, to me. I know, <laughs> yeah, okay. I know exactly the feeling that you mean. Uh, what, so at what part of the year do you actually like leave here and just start, start traveling, start going? So doing all the plan planning right now, but generally, you know, like April, May, um, hit the road and bring it all the way to September, October, something like that. Do you have any idea how many drop zones you expect to visit in that time? Um, working on it now. It's you know still ironing everything out, but hoping to hit a drop zone every weekend. So depending on when I leave, that be a pretty good number, probably over around twenty or so. See. Unfortunately, not every DZ gets the opportunity. There's mm-hmm. only so many uh, view, and there's a lot of DZs. Yeah. But if a drop zone, if jumpers wanted to get you out there, first of all, I, I've learned over time, it takes a lot of planning ahead. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a drop zone can request a tour, and it might not be a year or two before you guys can accommodate. Mm-hmm. But how could somebody say, hey, I want PD at my drop zone? How do they do that? So um, you can always shoot us a message. Um, my email's jesse j-e-s-s-e at performancedesigns.com um and you know let me know if you got you have any events um if you just have a weekend that you know you want us to come out there um you know let us know how we can support your drop zone and you know obviously as he said as he said like we can't make everything can't go to every drop zone um and you know there there are some certain you know fixed dates and points where we have to be in certain places you know like carolina fest summer fest stuff like that um, that those are our, you know, we always, we always do those. Um, and you know, we'll do our best to fit you in along the route along the way. And, you know, 
planning everything out. Can't commit to anything, but love to see you guys out there. Let, let's pretend like I'm a new jumper, like many mm-hmm. of our listeners are. How, how do I make the most of it when, uh, like, why do I want the PD tour to come to my drop zone? What's going to happen when you show up? What do I get to do? Jump everything. Jump that you can. Right. <laughs> you know, that, that, so that'll I've let been, you. If I've been real curious about what it's going to be like to jump this different wing or... Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, we have the in-house demo program, which is awesome. I wish I'd taken advantage of it, you know, before I started working here, and especially when I was coming up in the sport. And we have, like, the Compare Forward program um, that you can, you know, go through and jump, you know, the you know the four... I mean, I think it's... Um, we can jump anything, you know, mm-hmm. but really comparing the canopies back to back um, is really the best thing to find out what you like, what you want, mm-hmm. and what works best for you. Yeah, DJ was the first person I really heard talk about this, just because he has a huge level of canopy coaching that I don't have, of, uh, you know, the thought that the way that you fly a parachute might be different than the way that I fly a parachute, mm-hmm. and there might be a canopy that matches better with how you think about and yeah, and, for and, sure. And and how you fly the parachute. And that's that's the way that I've always approached, you know, um, teaching and, and with all my students, you know, they'd see that, you know, I fly this one thing or that I was, I used to fly this one thing and they'd say, okay, I'm going to fly that. I'm like, no, you should go and demo everything. Like the thing, I think the most beneficial thing for my skydiving career, especially in canopy flight, was flying everything I could. I didn't have a rig until I had 300 jumps. Jump 300 was my first jump on my first rig. Wow. And I was a packer, so I would barter for, you know, well, let me jump your rig. So mm-hmm. I jumped a lot of stuff. Don't like. What was your deal? Would you give like two pack jobs for, for one jump on somebody's rig? Depends on the condition of the rig. Okay. Yeah. Hey, your rig looks like shit. I'll give you one pack job. Yeah, one pack job. <laughs> That's brand new. I'll give you a happy opening. Yeah. Is that how that goes? Yeah. Um, one of the things that uh, my, my wife actually did this to me once. She has a minor level canopy coaching, she does some basic coaching. And she had been jumping a stiletto for, gosh, almost 20 years and said, man, honey, I'm, I'm done with the stiletto. It's a great canopy, but it's no longer what I want. So I'm looking for A, B, and C in a canopy. And I know I don't want a specter. Now, she also described a specter in A, B, and C. And she mm-hmm. looked at me and goes, but I know you're going to say specter because that's what I just described. And I hate the idea, but I'm going to demo one anyways. And she demoed everything within the class and range she mm-hmm. wanted. And fortunately, she's open-minded enough to now, guess what she jumps? A specter. Yeah. The thing that she told me that I found the most interesting is not that it satisfied and told her that she wanted what she didn't think she wanted, but jumping these other canopies that were totally not or uh, what she wanted or what she thought she wanted is those different ranges, those different experiences actually made her understanding of her current canopy better. Yeah, for sure. Did you find that same experience? Yeah, yeah. And and then, you know, understanding your current canopy better, but then also it gives you like a really solid set of fundamentals that you can apply on every canopy, you know, because at the end of the day, a parachute's a parachute, you know, it's something that flies. When I, you know, I was a pilot before I started skydiving, so I was able to take a lot of those fundamentals of flying something and, you know, just instantly put it into, uh, into flying a canopy. And then it's obviously very different. But um, there are some like intrinsic things that just, you know, you can pass on to everything you fly. Um, and the more, the more you fly, the, m- the bigger the difference in things you fly. I think it's, you know, f- fly everything from Icarus, fly everything from PD, fly everything from everyone, you know, because who knows, the parachute might be out there for you or it may just, you know, make you realize how 
awesome the PD Spectre really is. That's one thing I love about PD. I, I've uh, jumped PD most of my career and been an athlete for PD for quite a while. And one thing that was made clear to me from the beginning is if a customer describes an Icarus canopy to you, say, bro, that's the right canopy for you. Like, of course, PD rather me promote their product and their mm -hmm. brand, but they rather have happy customers out there. For sure, yeah. And we don't want to just, well, I can't say we fully, but um, I know I don't want to, you know, force, you know, anything down someone's throat or canopy that that's um <laughs> that's that may not be the best for them you know just yeah. because it was great for me you know and and so far from well, i i know that we don't want that um we weren't we're, we'd happily bring you to the icarus tent you know we'd happily yeah. bring you to the aerodyne tent you know we want you to find what what you like so one other thing I have, and I love how you promote jumping everything, is jumpers regularly. What canopy should I buy? They ask me all the time. Mm -hmm. And one of my questions is going to be, what do you or don't you like about your current canopy? Mm -hmm. What do you like about openings? What do you like about flares? And if all you've jumped is a saber or a sapphire or a whatever, you're not going to have answers to that. And it's fair that you don't. It's learning. Like, the first girl I had sex with was the best sex I ever had, and that was a standard I will live by today. It's my wife, so I still have a good standard. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't save myself. No girl would have me. Um, <laughs> but if you jump all these other canopies, even if you don't think you want it, is there a value in that? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, one, you realize that you don't want it. Yeah. You know? Um, and as I, as I said, like, it, it's you're always... Well, if you're open to it, you're always you can always learn something. Like um, the amount of times that I've taken like a beginner canopy course, um, I know it's you know, a little different than you know flying, uh, you know different canopies. But I've taken a beginner canopy course like flight one with probably five times, um, flight one one hundred one, and every time I can get something different from that. And it's the same thing if I go back and fly a pulse or fly a silhouette or a navigator or fly a Valkyrie or whatever. You know, it's like if you're open to it, like I can go and like, okay, so that's that's a little different. I can maybe apply it with something else, or give you a different way of looking at something. Or it, there's value in flying everything, and you know, even if you've learned, you know, flown that canopy before, fly it again. Yeah. You know, for years I actually said I would love to have a canopy that flies up high like a stiletto and lands down low like a velocity. Do you know what we call that canopy today? Yeah, buddy. But that's the thing is I had all these different experiences. And Valkyrie, if you guys didn't catch that, that's the experience <laughs> that, like, being able to compare one canopy to another to another and say, I want these culmination yeah. of canopies. And, man, so many jumpers come to me like, well, I really like the way that canopy opened, but I really like the way that canopy flied, and I don't know which one to pick. I'm like, oh, there's a third choice that merged those two ideas together. Yeah. And, and it may be a PD or somebody else product, but jumping these canopies, even if you don't think you want it, it will expand your knowledge base, your horizon. Yeah. That's a PD canopy. Hey, look, it's right there. Right there. Oh. Hey, Man, I've been so distracted by the background because I don't. I normally have to look at like other Me. things. Yeah, yeah. You. My office is a space I've seen, so I really like the pictures in the background. But um, getting those experiences will help you, even if you don't think you. It will. It will help you have better answers in the future and give advice to your friends. Yeah, for sure. I've taken, and you say you you've taken five basic canopy courses. I teach basic canopy courses, and I've taken two. And I say taken two. I didn't jump in them. They uh, asked me to sit in and and help or do whatever. But I, I sat in the knowledge side of the classroom, and oh my god, like it's I either learned a new way to say something, but I always always have learned something like. 
that brings a perspective, if nothing else, that I never understood. Yeah. I, I cannot promote learning enough. So I love yeah, that you for sure. that. Yeah. DJ, it's I have a question for you. Let's just pretend that I'm an okay canopy pilot. Okay. And that I'm interested in passing on my knowledge. And I want to put two scenarios. First scenario, I know someone like you. And I want to get into canopy coaching. How do I do that? Second scenario, I don't know you. And I don't have a good connection with someone that does this for a living. How does that person get into uh, canopy coaching? First and foremost, get coaching. Like, get a lot of coaching. It's, uh, it's, I, I don't think there's many of us in the sport who've invented what we're saying and what we're doing. We are all thieves and we are all plagiarists. We are. We might just say it a little bit differently. Right? I like the way Shannon Pilcher said this. I like the way Greg Windmiller said this. And I like the way Kurt Bartholomew said this. And between the three of them, I have formed my own version of how to say it. So absolutely getting a lot of coaching. And, and I attended a lot of basic canopy courses partially to learn how to teach yeah. them um, and then partially uh, just to expand my knowledge. So get coaching, get coaching, get coaching. There's no reason why you shouldn't. Um, if you can't afford it, then go pack a couple extra parachutes for a buddy. Go do something. You can get it. From there, I'll actually use DQ as my prime example. And actually a good friend of ours, a young lady you know, Lori Pataloco. DQ came to me one day and said, DJ, are you looking for any more canopy coaches because I want to start canopy coaching? And at the moment, my answer was, yes, DQ, but let me tell you the real answer. My answer is no. I'm not looking for any more canopy coaches. I'm not looking to expand. But if you're looking to come on board, I am willing to step up early because he had a good, strong knowledge base to share. Mm -hmm. Lori is also looking to get into canopy coaching. And, well, she's gotten a lot of coaching from several of us over the last year. And she came to me and said, I would like to get into coaching. So when we coach, can you help me learn how to coach? And I will tell you, don't ask a coach to teach you how to coach uh, and have a free expectation of that. Lori came to me with, like, I want to work with you. I want to partner with you. I want to work with the rating center. So uh, letting the cat out of the bag, we're about to have Lori back on the show. Uh, but Lori is now working uh, towards becoming a canopy coach oh, awesome. with the rating center. That's great. So, yeah, super, dude. I'm stoked because um, she says hi, by the way. Hi, Lori. How What's you up, doing? Lori? So Lori's going to be back on the show. I'm, we're we're going to just totally sidetrack. Screw the new guy, man. New Bo, you're, you're <laughs> off the table for a minute. Don't talk to my new friend, Jesse, like that. Which way's out of camera? Frame? Which way's out of camera? <laughs> there, you have no out of camera. Frame. Why Over are we bringing <laughs> Lori's name back up? Because what's she about to do? She just, uh, you guys just. Are you going to pop the, no, I guess, I guess these it, guys already yeah, yeah. let the, that cat out of what the bag. What did banger. you guys just announce about Lori on social media? On SoMe? Who's Lori? Lori. Um, okay, what are, the bullseye? <laughs> the bullseye girl? The bullseye. Yeah, man. She actually won. I'm just kidding. Took first place at the bullseye accuracy competition. She has now got a PD sponsorship. She's taken everything to the next level. We are going to have, if you've heard Lori on the show, we're going to have her back on the show, and we'll share more details of her story there and, and everything that happened. And I cannot give more respect and praise to the way Performance Designs handled that, how Lori handled that. And I got to have be on the inside. And, man, Lori. Mighty, mighty shout out and uh, keep it up, girl. Yeah, girl. Yeah. Great job. Who cares about Lori? I, I think the coolest part about her story is that she called it. Oh, so uh, he knows this. Lori came to me in May of last year. I don't know what I know. Don't know. I want to do coaching so I can set up a path of coaching so I can learn what I don't know. Cool. What do you want to work on first? Uh, accuracy. Maybe a three-minute conversation to talk her into. Hey, you should join this PD, PD Bullseye event. After what, what new jumpers say that, by the way? Nobody says accuracy. They all say swooping. Dude, you'd be amazed at how many do. I get mo the number one thing I get from new jumpers for coaching is probably accuracy. The number two is probably I don't land very well, so I need help with that first, which I love the fact that they understand the fundamentals can be coached 
instead of taking advice from the hot guy or pretty girl down the way, because God dang, they like to share their information too. Uh, after three minutes of convincing her, you should enter this accuracy event. I was now laying out the plan for today. So, hey, this is what we're going to do today to start towards your accuracy goals. Maybe two sentences worth of information, and she was just staring into space. And I paused and looked at her. I was like, so what's up? I'm going to win. Like <laughs> almost like a possessed human being. And I, at that moment, I, th- I was like, man, I think this girl really has got a shot at winning. Not because of her skill set, because at that moment, Lori, I love you, her skill set was not there at all. Her desire to train and learn not not to uh, sit in, not to uh, to actually learn, take in knowledge and apply it. I was like, I think this could happen. So for me, it was I. Th- only one person was more excited than me that she won, and it was you. No, it was of course Lori, man. It, it blew my mind that she took this journey and path in, and that we got to share it with her at home. It was, it was so effing cool, man. Yeah, the the first stop on the the PD Bullseye Tour was at Spaceland Houston, and man, I, I mean, I expected her to do well. But seeing her standing up on the, the first place podium at the competition at Spaceland Houston, uh, that was super awesome. Mm-hmm. And the hug that I saw you guys have after that, too, was like, man, what a great, cute little team. Are you, I'm sure you could tell me I'm a little teary-eyed right now. And it, Nick knows this enough of me. Love is a passion that I just have. I just I love relationships. I love good friends. Mm-hmm. And that moment her and I shared... She was probably more of a man about it than I was because I cried like a little girl, man. <laughs> and I am, like, man. Nothing Pe- like seeing a student succeed, though. And that's exactly it, man. Other people's success is such a motivator for me. And, yeah. and, and if you're getting into coaching, and back to Nick's question, are you getting into coaching because you want to be better? And I'm not going to say that's bad or that's wrong. If you're getting into coaching, it's because you want to see your students succeed. You want to see your homies get to that next level. So, man, it is. if you want to coach, Get coaching. Find a school who might bring you in. Uh, Flight One recently did an instructor tryout thing, so they're closed right now, but I'm, sh- I'm sure they'll do it again one day. Um, find a company who is looking to expand, and, and you can get into coaching, but make sure your priority is your student's success. For sure. I mean, Nick, you've seen me answer the same stupid questions over and over again, and I do it nine times out of ten with a smile. If Nick's asking the question, then I just make fun of him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You so should know that by now. I should, but yeah, I'm an on. idiot, so yeah. that's Let, the way it goes. Let's go back. Did I answer your question? Yeah, you, yeah, you did. Let's go back to you then. So I just said I answer the same stupid question over and over again, and, and I'd like to think I do it with a smile most of the time. Are you ready for that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've been. It's uh, being an AFF instructor has uh, helped prepare me for that. So Let's pull back just a little bit because we need to reveal some things. You uh-huh. are an AFF instructor. Yeah. I did not know that. So Neither did. did we? Uh, did I miss that, or was that part of y'all's earlier? No, chat? I know that we touched on it. Okay, cool. Uh, any other ratings? Um, had you know, I have my tandem rating, but never really used it. Yeah, why not? I like flying my own parachute. Ah, that's a good answer. It's PD. a great answer, man. I really, uh, Steve Boyd, senior, one day told me like, talk this guy into getting a tandem rating. I'm like, no, why not? And he really was put off by my answer. And he's a very respectful fella, said and done. I said, Steve, the day you talk somebody, and I'll use Nick for an example, the day you talk Nick into getting a tandem rating that he doesn't want, he'll get it, and then he'll be very disgruntled about it, and then you won't have him anymore. I'd much rather have Nick in the limited uh, capability of just video forever than losing him in three months for doing yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, so I kind of got mine out of necessity, as a lot of people do. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I was full-time skydiving and really needed to... Um, make more money um and so it wasn't something i wanted to do the drop zone needed it um and i like doing tandems they're they're a lot of fun um 
but I don't like them enough to do them a lot. So, so flying your own parachute was part of it. Why else don't you? What? What? Anything? Flying my own body. Okay. Did you say body? <laughs> yeah. But no, he said parachute first. Okay. So cool. this was yeah, this yeah. was a, you didn't miss it. Okay, sweet man. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm still. Oh yeah, it was parachute and then body. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, I will say I I got my tandem rating on necessity. If you want to make a living in the sport, having a tandem rating makes it easier. Yeah. I think Nick, you'd agree to that. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. tandem instructors get more work than people who are having the trifecta is the best. Yeah, you know, yeah for sure. Really is, then, you're, then you're up for whatever the next work jump is for at most places. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, I, I get why you don't. But man, my favorite favorite part of any new jumper skydive opening yeah that, yeah for sure what like what kind of experience have you had during that opening <laughs> a handful but um i mean just the like the pure like joy you know or, or like people absolutely losing their shit or i mean it's basically every emotion out of the sun i, I think that's the yeah. only part of being a tandem instructor that i'm that i'm truly jealous of because it's like I know the reaction I get when their feet touch down on the on the ground, yeah. and I try and be right there with with the camera and immediately get into, hey man, what was that like? But uh, even though the ride's not fully over when the parachute opens, that crazy experience of free fall yeah. that has just happened, and uh, just to to hear you know hear the scream, see people's reactions, I I I'm jealous of that. Uh, you just have to start doing Mr. Bills. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't think I can do that with. <laughs> I'm just a, kidding. That's against the rules. Yeah. Rules. Which I have never broken. So, uh, sorry. Uh, how, many, how many tandems do you have? Not many. Not many. I really, yeah, I really don't. It's not many. So, um, enough, to pay, enough to pay for the rating. Okay. That's yeah. fair. No, I have over 100. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's that's more than I thought you'd say. Yeah. And have, have those been at uh, different drop zones, same drop zones? No, zone? those were... I almost started doing... Getting current. I had, a, I had a wrist injury, but I almost started getting current when I was working at Spaceland San Marcos last year um ended up not but it was also kind of like the I was it was never really needed after I got it because I was one of the I was the main videographer at Jumptown mm -hmm. and I was the and we had a shortage of videographers so I was you know I always had pl amp amplitudes of work with that um but AFF and, and video are by, sh by far my favorite and I, I love AFF what is it that you like about AFF? As someone who may have recently like agreed to get the rating, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the uh, see, well, the flying—it's super challenging. Um, you can have you know somebody who is like you know forty hours in the tunnel. They're a rad dynamic flyer, and um, you know they still can't quite catch that AFFs. You know, can't or IE that's spinning out of control on their back. Mm -hmm. You know, but then you have somebody with a uh, bunch of belly time or even better camera flying, you know, where you have to chase a drone or, you know, a wobbly tandem around the sky. It's like, it's, it's a super, it can be super challenging, especially when you're getting the rating. Sorry. Oh, whatever. Um, when you're getting the rating um, and then you really start to see some shit once you, <laughs> once you start working with students. Um, but honestly, the success uh, or like being able to help your students succeed is, uh, is honestly the best, the best part, like you said. Um, especially when it's, so I actually had the opportunity this summer to bring my, uh, one of my friends from high school through AFF and I did almost every jump with him. Um, funny story with that is he, we didn't realize that we went to high school together until like he, he came for a tandem and we we're sitting on the couch like, you're familiar. Are you, are you fr from here? Are you from here? And then we found out we both went to BUHS in, in Vermont. Um, and where did you, did you take him on these skydives? Uh, jump down. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. so not too far. Okay. Yeah. Um, and now he's he came down. He's getting his coach, or I think he, he I think he did mo- all the ground school for his coach rating, and you know, within a within a year, it's pretty cool. But I got to take him through that process. That was the easiest student I ever had. All I had to do was just show him on a creeper and you know tell him what to do, and he did it. But the the more the students that really make it worth it are the ones that like you know they don't. <laughs> don't worry about it, man. <laughs> Here you go. The, oh, that um, didn't translate very well. No. There yeah. you go. <laughs> it's like the Blue Man Group kind of thing. Um, the ones that don't necessarily get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ones that don't. I, I didn't, that wasn't a shirt joke. Uh, now I, I get it. I'm a little slow. Um, <laughs> I, I noticed it earlier, but I didn't want to bring it up. Yeah. Because I almost wore exactly that shirt this morning. So I was glad we're at least. Should we go do a wardrobe change? We, we, we can. You want to just do it right here? <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time I've been on the show with no shirt on. That's getting frisky. Yeah, it, it, it wouldn't be frisky. the second time either, would it? I, don't know. <laughs> I can remember one time real distinctly yeah. when a joke that we were trying to pull was fully ruined by one DJ Marvin. The first time yeah. I ever ran the boards, Justin was actually <laughs> sitting in with us, and him and Tex gave me these very distinct instructions and very easy to follow. But dude, I, I I engineered a lot of how this system works, but engineering it and operating it. Like, you know, the best way to ruin something is have an engineer design it, right, Justin? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> He's an engineer <laughs> by trade, by the way. And th- so as an engineer tried to operate, I, I like I was supposed to what, show them shirtless for one second. Yeah, the, the joke was that so we switch the cameras around a lot in the show. And on a normal show, there's a camera where whoever's running the board can turn the camera and they can address the audience, right? Mm-hmm. So the thought was DJ's going to turn the camera on him for a few seconds. We take our shirts off real fast. We sit there and just, you know, for three or four seconds, be shirtless on the show. And then he switches the camera back to himself. We put our shirts back on. And whoever happened to catch it would enjoy those few seconds, right? And this turned into I don't know how many minutes of us sitting there with our shirts. (laughs) (laughs) When we're with the regular show setup, you can see the monitor of what's going out to 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 the audience. And it was just like. I think Tex and I were both ready to just be like, hey, are you going to remember to end the, the Oh, joke? I don't think you were ready. Awkward. You called me out because I was like, oh, oh, I no, I get the joke now. So, yeah, it didn't go. Very, I mean, it went well. It's a story. It's good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it didn't go the way it was meant to, but yeah. Jimmy Wynn appreciated it. Oh, yeah, and then I ended up as, uh, uh, or Tex and I ended up as a shirtless screenshot on someone's phone for quite a while. And it's made, what, like three years of jokes now out of it because yeah. the film festival is now become that thing so oh yeah i guess Perfect. i was shirtless for that too yeah man Oops. <laughs> <laughs> so the the original question we kind of traced around was you asking a bunch of endless questions we got to your aff student mm-hmm. i want to ask about that high school kid high school buddy i'm guessing he was partially the easiest student you ever trained because he had a natural propensity for it how much did that friendship and relationship do you think help make him the easiest student honest uh that's a good question. Um, I don't think that the the relationship from the past had anything to do with it, because honestly, we we were acquaintances in high school. It's not like we were really good friends, and well, you know, we didn't even know who the other person was mm-hmm. the first time he came there. Um, but for any kind of teaching, or like, I mean, really any kind of interpersonal uh, interactions, like it's all what you put into it. Like, you know, it's it's all if you're working with a student, if you're working with a customer, whatever you're doing, like what you put into it is what both of you get out of it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, it, there's, there's a lot of things that go into, um, teaching someone or, or having a successful, um, 
you know, successful skydiver, even if it's not skydiving, you know, it's, there's a, there's a lot of variables and that go into play and yeah, I don't think you can really isolate it to any one thing. Yeah, I do. And where I'm getting to, and you, you hit it is you learn best from your friends commonly, as long as your friends are fair to you. And I'm a huge advocate for having a good time in a classroom. If you're having too much fun, you're not learning. But if you're not having fun, you're not learning. Yeah. My guess is, is that previous relationship did affect you guys. Yeah, yeah. Because sure. you immediately became better friends. And because of that relationship, I'm sure you became comfortable talking to him and he became comfortable listening and talking to you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Man, if you are putting a teacher-student relationship on your training, that that's good. But if you're putting a friends-teaching-friends relationship, it typically seems to work a lot better. Yeah. I did your coach course at some point, Nick. Yeah, 2012, I think. And at that point, we were already enough of friends that I think there was a good relationship. To you yelled at me once. I forgave you, and then we were friends Shut after that. Shut up, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I, I think that super helps. Like Nicole Black had done her coach rating in the last couple of years, and it was a very fun environment. But we have enough of a relationship where if I had to get serious in class, I didn't have to say a word. I just behaved a certain way and like, oh, it's, it's serious time. Let's keep going. We're good to go. So I, just, I love hearing that, that, that friendship and that yeah, bond. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I, Cam Kang gave me my tandem rating. And so he, he's a, like a old school. You know, he's been at Jumptown for years. Mm-hmm. You know, he's used to be Flight 1. Now he's running Z Hills. Um, and then I don't know if you know Matt Chang. He gave me my... Uh, AFF rating. I know and recognize the name um, because we have to be in meetings together. Yeah, yeah. And so both of them, like I grew up in the sport with them. Um, so and been friends with them for a really long time. So mm-hmm. it was awesome to be able to like, you know, get my ratings with them, yeah. you know, so it it goes a long way. It's a huge help, you know, and I, I won't always encourage you to go to your friends for a rating. I It's not because your friends are bad at ratings. But there's also something to be said. And, dude, I, Justin has known me the entire time through a skydiving career. He did his rating with me, and I, I loved it. But there's a time where going to, to another place is also super acceptable. Don't get trapped in a corner because you've heard from me this whole time, hear from somebody else, um, although I, I love the way you did it the best myself. So kind of back on track, you're about to go on the PD tour. Hell yeah. I have watched different tour reps over many years answer a bunch of stupid questions. I actually remember when Al was uh, on the tour at some point, and I don't know if it was his regular gig or he was filling in for somebody who was missing. Yeah, he was, I think he did it for, for a couple of years. Yeah, it's been yeah. quite a long time ago. I actually have a, uh, you know those canvas chairs that you can fold up and put away? Like the movie or- director ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the yeah. orange PD ones. Have you ever seen those? There's one at my house. Uh, Al hooked me up one year. Yeah. He's like, hey, take this chair home with you. Like, We're done with the tour this season. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, some of you guys are so great at asking, answering the same question over and over again, and some of them just aren't. Um, those guys never lasted either. So. Uh, uh, those people are kind of everywhere in the sport, though, right? For sure. Like People that answer a question with some level of resentment. Of it's like, hey, I, I get that this is your thousandth time to answer that question, but it's their first time to ask it. Mm-hmm. And it's reasonable that it's their, you know, it's a reasonable question to ask. And I think for those situations, when I find myself being bothered by questions like that, when it's a common question, I just plan on presenting it somewhere because I know that the question's coming because from the other several thousand people who have been in this same interaction with me, a lot of them ask this question. So instead of waiting for the question and being irritated and giving my bothered sounding response it's like hey a lot of people have asked this so let me just tell them about it as part of my own process so now i get to give that information in the way that feels best for me i answer the question i don't have to be 
upset that I've been asked it. Or condescending. Yeah, condescending is even worse. Like, I hate when I hear, you know, let's say it's someone on the phone. We, we, we all have long days, right, where, you know, I, I would like to think that I uh, maintain my patience with, uh, with students and customers most of the time. But sometimes it's the end of a Saturday when you've done 15 jumps and you're just not clicking with somebody. We all, we're all going to have that moment at some point. No, nobody's perfect. But uh, someone who's finally been bold enough to call a skydiving company and they're going to go make their first jump and you're going to talk to that person like they're an idiot, like that is super, super off-putting for me. Uh, wh- what do you, just to, to go off of your question, what do you think the most common uh, stupid question you might deal with is going to be? Or not stupid question, but the most repetitive question, we'll say. Why should I fly your canopy? Okay. I've, I, I had, I had, like, why should I fly, or why should I demo a canopy? I, I went on a little mini tour. Um, there's probably going to be a question that's a lot different than that, um, or the, you know, the, the main question of the year. But mm-hmm. um, that's the one I think I got the Do you, do you feel like most. people are asking that question, like, trying to stump you? Like, why should I fly your canopy, yeah, or like, asshole? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> what's in it for me, you know? Okay. Or, like, what can PD do for me? Bring in some Kennedy. Ask not what your country can do. Yeah, um. <laughs> JFK, dude. I listen to that speech uh, pretty often. I, I'm a I'm a JFK fan for sure. Yeah, I have it on loop. Um, but <laughs> just in your car yeah. every time you turn it on. Yeah. Okay, perfect. I know my my scooter. Oh, Maybe. sorry, yeah, scooter. Yeah. Vroom vroom. It's got some awesome speakers on there. It's uh, part of the Blue Man Group. Oh. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of shade of a blue. It's like a turquoise. It's green, homie. Maybe I colorblind. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't argue that it, I'd say it's turquoise. It looks good. I dude, it looks good. Yeah. What do you guys think? Is it turquoise? I mean, I'm gonna say turquoise, but I don't. I couldn't tell you if. I mean, I would describe turquoise as a mix of blue and green. So let's just say we're all correct. I feel like that might beat the definition of turquoise. P- perfect. Well, I will tell you, you have a whole storeroom full of these shirts I walked by a second ago. So I'm going to take your word (laughs) on whatever you call it because I have one. We're going with turquoise. I had such a good question before we started down this stupid path. What were we just talking um, about? uh, Stupid questions. Oh, no. (laughs) Okay. We were were talking about what's what's in it for me if I I demo a a PD canopy. And what's, uh, what's your response to that question? How do you address that question? Well, I mean, we kind of talked about talked it about earlier, about it. but right. yeah, okay, I mean, me. <laughs> so I, I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell you the story of when I decided to, to start flying PD canopies. My, my, the first canopy I ever owned was actually a Spectre 135 and I weighed a whole like 115 pounds when I started skydiving. So were you like 116 now? Uh, I'm about 150 on a normal day, 140 if I'm being good on my diet. And I hit uh, 133 the other day when I was shred being, being real crazy with a diet. So, um, but then I st- uh, it, the, the drop zone where I started, uh, Precision, was a really popular company. And I, I didn't know why. I didn't have the information to know that most of their wings were uh, considerably less expensive and that many of them were modeled after uh, other companies' designs. But uh, I jumped a, a chaos for... A, for a are you showing sh- yeah, shirtless you sh- pictures? Yeah, can you me? send me those shirtless pictures? Yeah, that you're it's, dude, about? it's not. Dude, I bet you I've put on. At least, y'all haven't seen this. Oh, come on, man! I bet I've put on at least like thirteen or fourteen pounds since since that picture, and that was like a week and a half ago. But uh, I was a I was a chaos guy for a long time, yep. and I liked my chaos because it opened really well and it was cheap, and uh, it was less responsive in the harness, which means freestyle, freestyle stuff friendly. was was easy. I, I have that's that's one. I have not flown that canopy yet, and I'm I'm they're looking forward to it. They're fun. The freestyle was my was my uh, my sole love for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and 
And well, you can do a lot worse job of it and still look cool yeah. on a on a on a chaos, just because that the, the harness is just less responsive yeah. to input. So when I turn around, even though I haven't kept my hips balanced in the harness, it's, yeah. it's easier to, to keep it flying straight. But um, I was trying to get uh, a new line set, and or, you know, maybe I was I was I guess I was torn between getting a new line set or a new canopy. Um, and I called and said, "Hey, do you guys have uh, such and such in stock?" And they said, "Oh." Uh, we don't know. We're moving buildings. Let me get your number. I'll call you back. Okay, great. Two weeks goes by. All right. Then maybe they forgot about me. That's, you know, they're busy. I get it. Let me call them back. Okay, great. Two, uh, same same question. Hey, uh, trying to find this line set or, or this canopy. Do you guys know what you have in stock? Um, nope, we don't know. We don't know how to find it right now because we're, we're moving. Okay, great. Uh, do you know when you can call me back? Yeah, give us a couple of days. Okay, great. Another two weeks goes by. And I call and uh, I don't remember... Uh, who answered the phone, but I recognized the name of someone who was, it was either the owner or someone who I knew was, was in management. And I asked my question again, hey, I'm looking for this line set or this canopy. Which uh, which do you have? Oh, I don't know. We're, we're moving buildings. And I said, hey, this is at least my third phone call, and I've been waiting for weeks to get an answer about, my gear's already worn out. That's why I called, and I need this. So can you, like, how long will it take you to put me on hold, go look and see what you've got, and and give me an answer so I know what decision I'm making. I, said, I, I remember saying, I'm trying to give you my money, and you're making it super hard. And that line worked, and he said, okay, I'm going to put you on hold for a second. Maybe 90 seconds goes by. Maybe. I've been waiting for six weeks for someone to spend 90 seconds to go look and say, oh, we don't have the 78 you were calling for, but we have an 88. Okay, cool. Do you have a, a line set for the 78 I have? Nope. Okay, cool. So... We get off the phone, and this was maybe two days later that uh, PD released a video about, hey, if you own a Valkyrie that's had an issue with the line set, we're going to give you a free one. And I was like, well, fuck, that's the service that <laughs> yeah, I want. Yeah, right. And the very next day I called, and I don't remember who who I spoke with here. It was a girl who was extremely nice. who had Every single one of them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sometimes I just call them to talk. <laughs> They're gonna, I, hope, <laughs> I hope that someone watching right now does that very same thing. But... Uh, the person I spoke with had a lot of chaos jumps and had experience on a, on a Valkyrie, and it was the perfect person to, to talk me into it. Yeah. I mean, not even to talk me into it, but just the person that had the questions I was, I was looking for. And uh, that sort of service and that sort of knowledge was so vastly different from what I was uh, used, to, used to receiving. It's like, okay, yeah, the, the price tag is a little different, and performance of the wing totally besides... Which I, I would never try and find another chaos ever because I love that Valkyrie more than I love most things on this planet. Yeah. Um, so performance of the wing. Beside, it's like man, this is the serv- Like this service has value. So even though I yeah. might pay more for this better wing, the uh, the service that I got that that was what made me decide to for to sure PD wing. Yeah, I mean, and that's what, and that's like a resounding thing that people say, and that's something that. Um, I mean, for me, like as a, as a customer for a long time, it kind of like reinforced the the whole thing with like, oh yeah, I really want to work for PD because every time I dealt with them or had to do something like, oh, I need a line set so I can continue working. Oh, sweet. It's in stock. Oh, awesome. It's on its way. It'll be here tomorrow. So my rigger can install it. Sweet. Um, it's yeah, the, the, the customer service, um, makes any industry, um, and it especially, is uh, really, it's something that's hard to find in skydiving. 
uh, I'd say across the board, especially in the manufacturing side. You know of the why industry. that is? Because they're still by sky divers. Divers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I try and extend that thought to any uh, interaction that I have between a dealer and and a company. Of I know I know sometimes the dealer struggles because on the other end is just another skydiver who's gonna fall asleep and forget whatever the hell the conversation <laughs> was about and not do anything about it. So I do I uh, I do get that, but have never had that interaction with, uh, with PD at all. Hell yeah! By far, customer service is above and beyond. I I I choose PD Wings because I love them for various reasons, but the customer service is just one example of the thoroughness of the brand. Yep. You know the amount of testing that goes into. Um, in, into these products. I'll, I'll, we'll be talking to Brad Cole at the end of the week. So yep. Brad is is the uh, manager of DRC, the Land Research Corporation. I got that name right, yeah? Mm-hmm. And uh, they do all the test jumps for you guys. Yep. But as an example, do you remember the number ballpark of test jumps that were put on a Lightning before released to market? I listened to John do this. So I No, it's a, it's a lot. It's A it's thousand a lot, test yeah. jumps, four years. Um, it, it, it's the thoroughness Man. of testing. That's crazy to think. I mean, just think about uh, our experience with testing uh, the MARD mm-hmm. and how much work and time it took to come up with uh, 28. 28 plus one marketing jump, 29. Yeah. 29 jumps took us a long, longer than I thought it would have, for sure. Yeah. Can you yeah. imagine what it, the sort of work that it takes to put in 1,000 for a parachute that you don't know is jumpable yet? And as much data as we've logged, it's super interesting to see how much data they log, the videos they put in, the characters. Yeah, I think it's it's since they started logging, it's something like, and obviously Brad will tell everyone, but it's something like forty thousand test jumps since they started logging. Jesus, you know. Man. So who who knows how? Like it's it's ridiculous. I mean, the thoroughness of this company is beyond compare. Yeah. An- another example, the in-cell assembly for a Valkyrie, I think we talked about this on a show recently, is like a 20-some-odd page document just to build the in-cell, which I'm positive could be probably put together in less pages, but it wouldn't be as consistent, as thorough, as clean, as comprehensive. Yeah, and it's that's something you really see like when you walk through the production floor, uh, take a tour. You know, it's um, my first week here, I started with uh, the new, the new de- in-house demo guy, and uh, so we got a we got a tour, but our tour was like spending a a day or like a couple hours with like the head of each department. So like you know when you guys come into the into take a tour here, um, you know it takes you know 20, 30, 40 minutes, whatever. And everyone leaves like wow, there's a lot that goes into this. Mm-hmm. Like the like the all the inspection processes, everything that we do. Um, to ensure we're putting out like the best quality product with the best materials. I, I um, think the video that's the the default video on your guys' YouTube channel is the making of a PD canopy. Yeah, and it's even like it's a three and a half minute video, and it's just like holy shit, yeah. a yeah. lot goes into for this. sure. And then, like my mind was completely blown. The I, w- I was fried mentally like after that week because it was every single day spending like learning about everything that goes into like inspecting all every roll of fabric, every square inch of it, you know, like through the entire production process that that standard stays the same. And, you know, we can't show that all in a, in a tour when you walk in off the street, but it's there and you'll see a little bit of it. Has there been anything that's really shocked you to learn as you've, have you started here over your three months? A lot. Yeah. But I mean the quality, quality control for one, um, Seeing, you know, like me looking at stuff on a parachute and or some fabric that was rejected. I'm like, what do you mean? I would I would make my reserve out of this, you know, and then 
you know, they have a book when they're inspecting the fabric that's, you know, this thick of possible flaws and, you know, ripstop nylon, you know, and it's like the, the amount of time that has been put into making like the procedures and everything the way they are today, you know, it's, you can really see like, yeah, we've been doing this for quite a long time mm-hmm. and we've been doing it damn well. And care a crap load. One of the most yeah. impressive things about the factory tour, actually, I don't know if I told you guys yet, we have that after the show. Our, oh, cool. Awesome. Our, yeah, our tour is this afternoon. So, um, is Rachel showing us around? Rachel is. Uh, maybe other people may or may not join us on that tour. Um, but uh, <laughs> Don't eyeball Jesse like that. <laughs> it, Come it's on. As impressive as it is, this whole process, a lot of the machinery, a lot of what you guys use are actually invented by PD as well. Like the yeah, way built in-house. Like yeah, the everything. tables. We the cut a, tables. We have a... We have a 3D printer that we make stuff for ourselves, you know? Like, I think the saying is, like, you know, we don't need to call anybody unless the, you know, the, the lights shut off and we run out of water. But we have solar panels and a big pond, so. <laughs> hey, so everything. Yeah, man. yeah. I want to backtrack a little bit through this conversation to that repetitive, redundant question. And, and I love, Nick, how he talked about... I love you, too. I love you, too. <laughs> how he talked about uh, uh, just being passionate and doing that. But I want to know, as an AFF instructor, you've already dealt with the redundancy how do you come at it with a clean, fresh approach? Because it's my thousandth time, but it's our first. How do you do it? I guess I, I, I kind of look at it as a challenge um, a lot of the time because everyone, and it's different for different circumstances, mm-hmm. different people, um, but everyone learns differently. Um, so the way that I explain it every time may not be the best way that that person's going to understand what I'm saying. Um, so it's it's kind of a constantly evolving thing of how do I teach this in a different way? What's going to be the best way for them to learn mm-hmm. or to understand what I'm saying? Um, and that kind of ties into like you're you're asking him how do I become a canopy coach or something like that earlier. Um, and for becoming any kind of instructor, any kind of coach, like really the thing that it's just like flying all the parachutes, see what you like, see how they all fly, get coaching from all the canopy instructors, you know, because like you said, when you were, you know, putting together your curriculum, you know, you started going and saying like, oh, I'm going to take this from him, this from him, this from him. If you don't, if you don't have that, you know, if you, if you don't have that experience with all these other people, where where are you going to pull from, you know? So it's, it took me a while to like be able to realize like there's different ways that everyone learns and how to apply that. And then once I did realize that, it, it kind of became like a little puzzle to figure out, like, what's the, what's the best way this person's going to learn? Does that make sense? No, dude, one of the things I love in this world completely are puzzles. The reason I love teaching is the most complex puzzle in the world yeah. is the human mind. And no, you, it makes perfect yeah. sense. That's everyone's like, you can explain the same, the same thing a thousand different ways to a thousand different people. Yeah. And it might not make sense to any of them, you know, because there's still a different way. Have so. you ever put a puzzle together and not been able to get something and you sit on the other side of the table? I hate all? puzzles. Oh, dude. I hate puzzles. So you just take a different approach all the time. Yeah. Dude, I love puzzles. And uh, God, you're such a nerd. Sorry. I, dude, I am a nerd. There's no doubt about it. You want to talk about Dungeons and Dragons? Do you <laughs> fl- do you frame your puzzles? No. You're that kind of... Oh. No, but I almost my wife talked about framing one the other day. So <laughs> you can go ahead and mock my wife. Go for it. No, I'm good. Okay, cool. Because she's got a reach, dude. The chick's 5'8 and got, like, bean poles for arms. She, she could smack me without me seeing it. Coming. She's a real nice lady. She's a I mean, I don't know what it's like when you're home alone, but she's been really nice. She's actually nicer when I'm home alone. She's actually meaner to the general public than she is to me. Hmm. 
And I know that's like a first. I've never heard that one before. Oh, dude, I keep a roofie all the time, man. She sleeps with her mouth open, drop a pill every morning before she wakes up. Strategy, cool. Yeah. Um. No, I love it. That idea. It's a human puzzle, and I love the fact that you're smart enough to say, "Hey, he didn't understand it this way. Let me take a different approach." I wouldn't say smart enough. I'd say like it just aware. I I took that from someone else. You're aware enough. Mm And how many times have you seen somebody tell, like, Nick, you do it this way. I don't understand. You do it this way. I don't understand. What's the definition of insanity? At 250 feet, reach up, grab your double fronts, pull down for three seconds. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's like that kind of thing. You can't just cookie cutter it. and yeah. You know, it's you can't teach the same thing. To, yeah. Yeah, I want to know what canopy they're flying at 250. They can start that big 270. Besides the Navigator. Spectre. <laughs> Dude, I, man, a Spectre, you can, it, it doesn't have a long recovery arc. I fly no, Spectres is one of my main canopies, and it's, woo, I love it, man. Yep. I I, uh, I joke around with my Spectre. One of the reasons I love flying it is I don't get ground rush when I turn a Valkyrie. When I turn a Spectre, you yeah, 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 yeah. That comes up at yeah. you real quickly. Uh, your answer makes complete perfect sense, and I love that. Love that. People are going to be on the road. One of the things they're going to ask you, no, you're going to be on the road. People are going to say, why should I jump this canopy? But if you could tell them what questions should they be asking, what are they? Oh, that's a good question. That is a good question. Nice. Yeah. I hear yeah, They got the heavy hitters out right I now. I thought about that one You've all by myself. You've been staying that. It's like keeping that in your pocket this whole time. I made um, it up. You stole that line from me. I asked that same question of someone the other day. I don't I don't know if I if I could say, you know, give you questions to ask because then what's the point in, you know, you asking them, you know, because I could just give you that answer right now. But maybe think about, like you said earlier, what do you like about your canopies now? Like, what, what do you like about what you're flying? What don't you like? What would you like to have more of or have less of? Um, and, I mean, yeah, just think about what you're flying as opposed to just, you know, just, just flying it, you know? It's uh, actually think about what your canopy does, how it flies. Um, and that'll help you out flying what you're flying now and then also when you jump other things you know you'll be able to get a little better read on what that's doing so, so. basically have form thoughts yeah don't be married to those form thoughts because i don't know how often somebody tells me or i've even done the same thing like this is what's going on this is how i feel it's like i can see why you think that way i can see why you feel that way but let me explain some more physics or some more understanding to you um and, and they change so oh, so actually you asked the question what's been the the biggest you know like mind blowing thing since mm-hmm. I since I started here and it was me sitting down and getting in my first week getting repeated like like I'm you know I'm not I'm not a canopy coach but I you know I do help people out and I like to think that I know a decent amount about parachutes um, and then I came here and just had almost everything I ever thought about how parachutes are made or how they fly just completely destroyed mm-hmm. Like in five minutes of talking to John LeBlanc, <laughs> and it, yeah. and that's just like a, it's a like, what do you mean a velo and a saber two are, are the same exact planform if you lie the, of one twenty and a one twenty over one another, and you know and then talking about trims of canopies and you know it's there's so much that we think we know but yeah, we so have crazy? no idea about. I, I love to imagine the different skill sets of someone who is really, really great at flying a parachute yeah. and then the person who is really, really good to design that parachute that they fly so well. Yeah. It's like, God, those things can be so different. Yeah. And there's and a the reason we do, like you said, a thousand test jumps. I believe that yeah. thousand for the lightning. Whatever it was. 900 yeah. some odd, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's just mind-blowing how much work and how much effort goes into it. So I want to go back to the PD tour, if we're good. Sure. Yeah. yeah. 
uh, Nick asked the question, how many parachutes you guys go out with? And, and you don't have a distinct answer because it's a crap load. Yep. So I'm going to give a canned answer that I've heard from PD reps mm-hmm. before. We have most of our popular, we, we have most of our most popular mains and reserves and most of the most popular sizes. Yep. Is that an easy way to say it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, the, uh, I think I, I think it's about 55 total. It's something like that. Um, depending on what we're, you know, we don't always bring all the canopies with us, you know. Um, some are, you know, for more specific events and, um, you know, like when we're doing the backyard accuracy, you know, like there's a bunch more, more optimums that, we have that I'm not necessarily going to bring on, you know, that full extra set on tour, um, but a lot. Yeah. I know you guys don't always have certain mains or reserves on hand, but one thing that I've had happen, and I don't know if this is standard practice or they've just helped out customers before, but I've had more than one customer myself say, yo, Nicole Black I actually is a perfect example. Nicole said, I want to demo a, if I remember right, it was a Sabre 297. And Bo was like, oh, we don't carry that, but send me a message this far in advance and we will have it. Yeah. Is that pretty standard? That yeah, you know? for sure. And that's like uh, whenever we, we post uh, an event, um, it's, you know, it's kind of under the list of what we have mm-hmm. with us. Um, it's, a, you know, we say like, you know, let us know, shoot, you know, shoot, reach out to us. If there's a canopy that you would like to try, let us know and we'll do our best to bring it out. Um, and if that doesn't work, you know, we always have our, our in-house demo program, too, um, which pretty damn sure we have. How, how, do, how does that work for someone who doesn't know about the uh, in-house demo? So um, you go on our website. Um, I can't remember the URL right now. Performancedesigns.com. Well, <laughs> oh, sh- yeah, that one. Performancedesigns.com. Maybe slash demo. I don't know. There it's is something. a link that says we'll, demo we'll in link the menu. It. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can yeah go to the website, click on demo, U.S., Europe, whatever. And then fill out a demo request form. You know, it's basically some information about yourself, how many jumps you have, mm-hmm. um, what you're flying, how many jumps on that, and gives our our man Kyle like kind of like a little uh, little idea about you. You know, if you have you're on a Pulse 190 and you want to fly Valkyrie, um, that's a no. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that, I really respect that. Uh, you asked us just yesterday about a or no, it wasn't you. Uh, it was. Jake, right? Jake asked us if, if we recognized a, a name. It was Kyle. Oh, Kyle. Sorry. Did we meet I don't know where I got Jake. No, that, I made that up. What are you wearing, I was, Jake? I was seeing a four-letter uh, name yeah. on, on his board that I saw. Khakis. So, uh, so Kyle uh, asked us if we recognize this name. Hey, this person's requesting this, this parachute. Mm. Does this seem like a reasonable request for them? And I think, man, that's a really responsible move because yeah. you guys could just send it out in the interest of hopefully we sell another parachute. Yeah. yeah no, and the last thing we want is someone to pound in right. um, on something that they're not ready for, you know, or, and, and for us to have made that decision that they are ready for it, you know, and it's very hard to do. It's, it's hard to do in any situation, um, you know, not knowing someone, um, but it's even harder to do, you know, behind a, behind a phone or a computer screen, um, and a piece of paper. So it's, uh, a lot of work goes into it. We're not just blindly throwing canopies out there and, uh, Praying that everything goes well. How um, how long do I get to hang on to this canopy when I get it sent? So to me? about two weeks, um, and we get it sent out to you. Jump it for for two weekends. Comes with a nice little shipping label, and you just slap it right on the box, send it right back to us, and the canopies are, are already on risers, just in case I don't know how to hook up a soft link. Yeah, you just got to put on, <laughs> you just got to put on uh, uh, your pilot shooting D bag, and uh, pack it up, throw it in your main. Fifty bucks. 
is what yeah. it costs. Yeah. I, and I do, uh, I know a little bit behind the, the, the cost and whatnot with the demo program, but I will tell you, if you're finding it for any more than $50 anywhere, then go ahead and go to performancedesigns.com yeah. because A, I would think naturally, inherently, that if I go to my local dealer, I will get things done much quicker because my dealer has a relationship with you guys that I won't. But man, I, I have had so many friends around the nation who say, I don't have a dealer. Like, just go to performancedesigns.com. The website is not full of lies, but what the website says is you will be responded to in this amount of time, and that amount of time listed on the website is about double of what you normally get a response in. Yeah. Most of my friends get a response almost immediately. Um, yeah. I get messages all the time. Like I, I meeting Kyle's hungry. He's he's yeah. like crouched over the phone in there right now, waiting for someone to call about a demo, waiting for those emails to come in. What's his email? Probably Kyle at Performance Designs. It's got to be. So there's too many Kyles in this world. Would it be like Kyle, demo guy? Is there like an initial? He's gonna go for <laughs> Jesse. <laughs> Jesse is hot. Jesse is hot on the case. Uh, right Jesse now. is. Uh, is on it, but that's because he can open the door if you can see this on video, and he, he Kyle's right <laughs> across the hallway from us. Our buddy Hank Pruitt brings up a really good point. Uh, for any new or old jumpers, when there's a demo day near you or you can order a demo, try jumping your reserve as a main so you know uh, how it flies and how it flares. Super. Hell nice. yeah. What's Kyle's email? Kyle at Performance Designs. <laughs> 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 Fucking nailed it. Dude. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty smart. It, it, you, mm, <laughs> it, but I, you know, you talk about uh, he hit us up for one of our jumpers, and he asked me about that. But I, dude, I got to meet Natasha recently, mm -hmm. and the first time I ever co uh, communicated with Natasha, hey, this person wants a demo, and there's so many folks here at Performance Designs this week I wanted to meet because I I hear from them all the time. Yeah. This guy at this drop zone asks for this reasonable request, and I still get an email for it or a message or a call, Mike. It blows my mind that you're not just asking for kind of aggressive requests. Because I do get some like, hey, this guy's asking for this. I recently had one, um, and I'll throw, because I'm not throwing him under the bus, I'll say a buddy of mine, CD, you know CD, mm -hmm. requested a canopy that I see YPD asked a bunch of quick questions. I'm like, look, here's the coaching I've done with him. Here's what he's working on. Here's what I've seen. I feel very comfortable with that. Yeah, for sure. So don't think you're just going to go to PD and ask for something crazy, because good or not good, they're going to ask. Well, they might not ask if it's that crazy. Yeah. But I, I love the 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 research and, and what you guys, the thoroughness you guys put into the demo program like everything else. Yeah, the, the, be the best thing is when uh, when people like, uh, they're like, oh, yeah, like Canopy Coach X, Y, and Z told me that I'm good to fly this. I'm going from a Sabre 2 to a Valkyrie. And uh, we're like, oh, who was who that again? Okay, hold on. And speed dial. You know, we got, you know, we got, most of and it's people's favorite excuse is like, oh yeah, so and so said I'm I'm good to fly this, and then they don't expect us to pick up the phone and say, oh hey, how you doing? Yeah, yeah. It's a small community. Don't yep. name drop unless you know it. Like name place, name yep. drop. I think that context makes sense differently. Um, man, people are going to ask. They're going to look into it. And I want to go back to Hank for one second. You don't have to wait for performance designs to show up on the demo tour because you yeah. guys will send out reserves as a demo as yeah, well. Yeah, so correct? we have we have full. Uh, you can get any you know any size. Well, I don't want to say that I most most. I'm pretty sure it's any size, but you know we have all of our PDRs or um, and our optimums all ready to go, and um, I I generally have all the optimums with me as well. So I uh, for as many as I can fit. Just because we're sitting in performance design designs building doesn't mean that. I want to say nice things about PD. I want to say nice things about PD because of what I think of them. Yep. We asked to be here 
because of what we think of PD. We wanted to associate our show to what I consider the best. I don't want to name other brands or companies, but have you guys ever tried to demo a canopy from other manufacturers? Um, not tried to demo. Um, yeah. I mean, I've flown a, a lot of them, but the I, I think the only time I've ever had the opportunity or heard of it from another company was uh, when you know Riley from NZ was yeah. on tour. The boy know? Riley. Yeah, boy Riley. Yeah, yeah. And it's it really the point is, is, man, it's really hard to get demos in our sport. And I don't blame the canopy manufacturers. We're such a small market said and done. And it costs, if you guys and gals understood how much it costs to build a parachute, PD is not getting rich selling parachutes. The cost, Al and I had a little meeting yesterday, a marketing meeting. I just sat down and learned some information from him. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that is, I, I knew some numbers. He gave me some, some information or at least some thought processes. And, and, and they're not making tons of money. So you want them to have a fleet of canopies that they're not going to make much more money off of to be able to ship out to the world for, man, it's, it's a ridiculous thought process. But yet Performance Designs is able to have somebody like you in the field supplying mains. So I, I just, I can't thank PD enough for giving us the opportunity to grow and the opportunity to learn, man. Yeah, and honestly, it's, it's one thing that I used to see a lot and I'm seeing it a lot more now and hopefully I can help other people see, but where, you know, we care about, the industry, you know, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the industry and we want to do everything we can to like, you know, foster that. And it's a, it's a big family, you know, so we're most of the, the stuff with the demo program and stuff like that is it's for like, yeah, we get some stuff out of it, you know, it's marketing or people get to try our products and maybe they want to buy one. But in the end of the day, it's for the, for you guys, the jumpers out there, that's like, you know, it's helping you out the most. So. I asked this question of Old Bo, and I know that it wasn't something that we said on the show because we were out at ice cream when I asked him this question. Mm -hmm. uh, do you know what the most popular canopy that PD sells is? Uh, the Optimum Reserve. Oh, we didn't talk about reserves. I was asking him about mains. I asked him about mains, and his response was uh, Saber 2170 was the most common thing. Oh, size? Uh, just no. he just said that's the that's the exact Probably. canopy that yeah. uh, that sells sells the most. And I'm I'm a pretty small guy as we mentioned and i don't think i've ever uh maybe in my student progression jumped a uh, a 170 yeah because i started on a, on a i think i had one jump on a 210 and then 190 yeah um do you uh, do you ever fly bigger canopies just for fun yeah i so i still have like my saber 2120 that i learned like freestyle on that uh -huh. and you know, mainly I learned it because I started doing freestyle on there because everyone told me I couldn't. Okay, that's you know, awesome. like you can't do it on that canopy. And then while I was broke, I couldn't afford to downsize or mm -hmm. change platforms, which is great. Um, and put a buttload of jumps on that canopy and and started learning stuff on this. So I still have that. Um, if I can fit in my schedule to do FLCPA, I think I'm gonna go. Uh, I go rip the beginner meet on uh, with a saber too. Dude, that's a hilarious. We'll see, idea. we'll see if I can. You know, <laughs> no, so. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just because it's a big canopy doesn't mean you can't make it go fast, you uh -huh, know? Yeah. So, or land it really accurately or do, you know, anything you want with it. So do you have a favorite part about, uh, about canopy piloting? Is it freestyle? Is it accuracy? Is it, uh, high, high pulls? What do you like the most? If I said, Hey, I, I want you to go pulls. have the most fun you can have with a parachute. High pulls and then have a nice line to swoop. I don't do high pulls very often. Why not? I don't know. I don't have a good reason. I could tell you that I'm afraid to have those them Houston puffies. Yeah, dude, they're good. They're real good out there. Come on. Um, but I don't have a good reason other than I'm paranoid of what if I what if I have a trap on 
on my canopy at full altitude. Well, then you just suck it down. I'm kidding. Sometimes you don't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, do, you, do you do a high pull by yourself and, and, and take in the solitude? Do you do a high pull with a buddy? I don't really have that many friends, so most of the time it's by myself. Okay, cool. Um, take it easy at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, what, what's your main canopy? What's in your ring right now? I'm about the friends thing. Um, <laughs> oh, it's okay. I could, I'm just trying to move away from your obvious heartbreak. Uh, I got a VK90 in my rig. Um, I'm just I'm a little uncurrent right now. I've been on the on the road a lot, not jumping. Um, and it's the time of year. Yeah. And but uh, yeah, 84. Um, but I fly anything. I'll put the. Have you flown the Saber 297? No, I have With not. With the RDS. Mm-mm. Well, we're gonna hook you up while you're out here. It's it's awesome. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Now I'm super curious, man. Yeah, Bo, Bo got, Bo, uh, he's like, oh man, he, I was turning uh-huh. flows back and forth and, um, and he put a, a, a main in my, in my uh, container and <laughs> I was <laughs> like, what is it? And he's like, you like it. <laughs> <laughs> man, and my- and uh, I opened and I saw this super small square thing above my head and it had an RDS and it didn't have cross bracing and it was a nine cell. I was like, what the hell is it? it was a well, I, like I knew it in pretty much instantly what it was because he's been trying to get me to jump it. But um, yeah, people don't give those, you know, those smaller size sabers like, like they don't give it a chance, you know, because like you can do some awesome, if you just put the time into anything really, you yeah. can you can do it and then so many people just end up like jumping over like right to the katana. Not that that's a bad thing, but like I spent a good good long time on that saber too and can get it to do quite a lot. It's but about so, the pilot. Yeah, let's go jump it. Well, I should have brought my rig. If only we had a container manufacturer. Dude, you <laughs> <laughs> if you find one that'll fit me, I'll go f- I'll go for it. Is there a child's container yeah, manufacturer any, nearby? <laughs> do you have any little boy sizes? <laughs> I may or may not there. be wearing pants that I bought in the little boy section right now. <laughs> Sorry, that's my life, dude. <laughs> I, I know it's pathetic. I think Natasha's rig will fit you. We'll figure something out. Why didn't you bring your rig? Because we brought all this shit over here. Yeah. We're doing shows all day. So Nick asked me, are you going to bring your rig? I, I think maybe Justin or one of yeah, them did. And uh, I'm like, well, we're going to be doing morning shows, afternoon shows. And between shows, we're going to be doing tours of PD, UPT, other manufacturers, skydive the land. So we have all these things to do between them all that I just don't know if we're going to have time. Um, so I'm like, go ahead and bring your rigs. If you want to jump, you're welcome to. But me, I'm going to be busy doing things so i want to jump at times um but there's so many other things to do i can skydive almost anywhere but i can't hang out with bill booth anywhere yeah i can't hang out with dude we spent three hours last night with Kristen, our next guest yeah and dude it was such a conversation yeah yeah she's she's a talker she's gonna do great yeah and got to see a lot of other people we wouldn't have otherwise seen so uh, how how about if we don't get to it while we're here then when you're on the pd tour i'll take that canopy for a ride I'm going to leave it at home. Well, I guess that's <laughs> not going to happen then. He's looking at you with disgust and hatred. Do you see I the mean, venom in his hey, eyes? I'm just trying to make a good compromise here. All right. We'll figure it out. Okay, deal. We'll talk about it later. Dude, I'll tell you what. I'll let you jump Nicole Black's 97 oh, Sabre 2 with a hook knife and just cut just the slider. Cut the slider off. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, Nicole, but it was cool. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> hey, uh, Jesse, by the way, I'm going to need a new slider for a Sabre 297 while we're here. Yeah. Good thing customer service is right down the road. <laughs> right down the road. Um, right, like a hallway, rather. I was going to say, are yeah, they yeah, right down the road? Because the there is right down the road. No, they're literally right there. Okay, cool. Um, Man, I'm so sorry I keep disappearing. 46-year-old man, six cup of coffees, bladder. It's just not a good combination. You got any prostate checked recently? 
would you are you offering? No, <laughs> no, no. Um, disgustingly enough, it's something I've been suggested to do since yeah. you're in the conversation. And at 46, I probably should. I have not yet. Um, so I think that's bathroom break number six. It's number four. You've I, only gone twice. Let's no, don't. Let's not be ridiculous. No, it's actually it's number just four since I've been here to this morning. Oh, well, not since we started the maybe show. Maybe you got some problems. I don't know. Dude, it was nice knowing you. Yeah, it was good to know me as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> the demo tour. So you did a mini tour for uh, what was like three weeks earlier. How long? Oh, uh, it was like it was like I think two weeks, something two weeks? like that. What did you learn the most about the tour? And that's a limited learning process. And what are you looking forward to learning the most on the road this year? I'd say what I learned. So everyone thinks that they, uh, obviously it was just a couple of weeks, but uh, you know, everyone's like, man, Bo's job's so awesome. I, w- I want that job so much. And like it, most people don't think of it as a job, but as I'm going to learn really, really well, it's, uh, it's a lot harder than a lot of people think it is. There's a lot more work to it, both, uh, mentally and, and physically, you know, um, and emotionally and emotionally. Yeah. I'll be calling you guys. That's fine. And PMD for their uh, our customer service because they're really nice. Hmm. Um, yeah. But PMD stands for? Parachute Maintenance Department. You okay. guys will learn about that on your tour. Yay! Um, but I'll definitely learn a lot more on that, but it's, there's definitely a lot that is underneath the surface, uh, as every job is. Um, but it's not all butterflies and roses or whatever <laughs> that saying is. <laughs> what is that saying? Uh, sunshine and rainbows? Butterflies and there's unicorns. I think mouth kisses. Something. Yeah. <laughs> They're called mouth hugs. <laughs> well, I'll take one. You and I have a mouth <laughs> hug with a tongue wrestling contest. <laughs> I'm gonna win, really strong time. I say, yeah, you, you've got. So, you uh, seen those abs? Have you? <laughs> <laughs> I've licked them. That's not true. We have kissed on the mouth. No homo. But um, <laughs> have you had? Mine. Have you had to pack in front of a crowd yet? As part of a yeah. as part of the PGA? Yeah, it was. So I, so Cam was uh, as I said earlier. He was my first. Cam King was my first. AFF instructor, first tandem instructor, gave me my tandem rating, and then Z Hills was my first tour stop where he was, so it was kind of cool. And then he kept, uh, every time there was a weather hold, he just <laughs> announced Jesse's giving a packing seminar <laughs> over the manifest. Uh-huh. So, so how many weather holds were there? Um, how there how was many not much did you jumping. Oh, I, did, cool. I did a couple. Mostly, I worked a lot with, uh, like you know, students one on one more. But um, did you did you feel more pressure with that crowd watching? Oh shit! I better get this in the bag straight. <laughs> no, the 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 pressure was. Honestly, like I've I have a lot of pack jobs I've been packing for a while, and there's nothing that I do that's um, di- different or it's di- nothing that I do that's wrong. Um, it's just like there's a very different way um, to pack, as, and it's that's a different way than you know someone who's slamming out 60, 80 parachutes a day on the mat. Um, and so the honestly the thing the biggest challenge was actually me teaching myself after you know, tens and tens of thousands of pack jobs, to how to do it in a different way down. and then teach what, well, not just slow down, do it in a different way and then teach other people that different way that I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so that was, that was the main challenge with that for sure. I've, I've noticed over the years, you guys all pack the same mm-hmm. as the PD tour guys and any other guys. And I would say it's a refined packing process. Yeah. I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with the way people pack in many cases, mm-hmm. but I do think the way PD will teach you is a extremely easy to handle, and let's be real, that's the hardest part. Yep. Um, that top skin trick really is a good part of that that mm-hmm. I don't think most people uh, acknowledge. Yep. I'm going to ask you to explain that in a second, but it also is, you know where I'm at with that, right? 
Bre- You'll tell toxic. me. Yeah. Nope. I'll bring it around. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of people don't know or understand yeah. that idea. They just think they're bringing the canopy together. Yeah. Um, but it's refined not only for handling, but for life longevity of the canopy. Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's honestly like one of the biggest things, you know, like not laying on it, not getting your sweat on it, um, using your arms instead of your body to get the air out. Actually, and I looked at the difference between, you know, a couple of those, you know, canopy that's done that its whole life and then a canopy with an equivalent number of jumps. My own canopy that I was laying on and sweating on in, in the Texas heat and just seeing the difference in just even that center cell. Yeah, you're describing exactly my same experience. Yeah. I had a bright pink canopy, and I couldn't figure out why the pink on the center cell was different, yeah. a different color than everything else. Yeah. So, oh, it's because I'm a sweaty pig. Yep. Not seriously, sweaty pig. It. Yep. So let's go over some of those because you just said those very, I think, kind of quickly, and for a lot of us, it makes sense. But mm-hmm. let's let's help the world understand. So we got some awesome packing videos online, but um, if in case you want to actually see what. Uh, what I'm talking about, um, but the you know the biggest problem that people have, especially newer jumpers who are learning how to pack, is uh, you know controlling the fabric. So many people will do something and then just let it go to move on to n- another step, or they'll just you know not actually control the fabric and think that they are. Um, so you know uh, a trick that I've always done and always taught is you know you're grabbing just the top skin and kind of bringing it around the canopy, almost like you're, you know, an invisible rope that you're tying around it just to kind of hold it in place, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, to, as opposed to just, you see so many people just like doing this with it. And just smushing it just together. Just smushing it together instead of actually like, you know, being holding it really nice and tight. Um, and then basically once you have that, not letting go of it because, I mean, what's the point of doing it in the first place? Yeah, I, I've to- told people or equated to people is like take a pile of T-shirts and like bundle them up together and then try to pick <laughs> them up and see what happens. Or take one T-shirt and wrap it around the rest yep. and pick. It's super easy. Yeah. So I absolutely love it. And I really think you guys do a good job describing the video. And the sweat thing, I think it makes easy sense that if I'm laying my sweaty balls, my sweaty chest, my sweaty face, because the pin- pack naked. Yes. <laughs> Dude, have you seen some of the sweat? He's, on no, he's head? old. He's just wearing shorts. <laughs> <laughs> They're short shorts. So you know how happy I would be to see you on the ground getting air out of a canopy and see your balls fall out of your shorts. That would that would make like an entire season worth it for uh, me. I, I would I'd, I'd leave Houston, dude. Uh, I would take a f- picture and a video. And uh, do you have a super zoom lens? I'm Asian, dude. Come on, <laughs> you're old. Those things are long. Don't you be lying to anybody. It's unfortunate, man. Like, uh, so I'm a lazy feller. I like to sit down when I pee. Feller. Just because I like to read on my phone a lot. And as I've gotten older, I sit down and notice the water's cold, man. <laughs> Those things just dangle down. Dunk them. <laughs> dunk, dunk, dunk. All right. What were we talking about before? Uh, you so <laughs> we that is not the approved method from performance designs. We so we get all the sweat on the canopy, right? Yeah. So what are you suggesting we do to get the air out instead? So, um. Using your arms and basically, uh, I can't really, there's a video, but basically using your forearms to push the air out and then bring the excess fabric underneath. Um, and honestly, it took me some time to get used to, but uh, you're doing two things at once. You're you know, cocooning the canopy, like getting it all into the size to put in the D-bag. You're also getting the air out at the same time. Um, so two birds, one stone, and... I guess three birds, one stone, because you're not sweating on it either, or nearly as much. To give you a visual, most of our listeners end up downloading this instead of watching it. Uh, Just picture Jesse had his arm 90 degrees from his body, 90 degrees from his pack job, 90 degrees from his lines, and he was pushing that arm forward or away from him up towards the top of the canopy. 
Um, what about using, so I would like to say I'm a lazy packer or an efficient packer, either way you want to call it. Mm -hmm. As soon as I get done putting the canopy on the ground, I actually drop a some type of mat, carpet, something on top of it while I cock the pilot chute, dress the D-bag, change my rubber bands. What's the thought process on that? Pros, cons? Um, I'm, I honestly don't know pros and cons. Well, I mean... The sweat the, part. The sweat part. I'm sure that's not a not an issue, but that's what um, I did for years, packing, you know, mm -hmm. throw a mat down on it, you know, pack, get started on the next one, and airs out of the other one by the time you're ready to put it in the bag. Yeah, I've always so. joked around about being lazy to do that. And there's, honestly, it straight up is partially a lazy move. Mm -hmm. But I learned very early on about top skin fading and all these problems. And for years, I jumped a all red canopy. And I noticed red, orange, those, those red based fabrics want to fade easier and have issues easier. And I've never had a problem ever. My center cell never seems to have an issue. And I, and I have always wondered how much of that is attributed to me using that carpet. And I think as five, eight years ago, I was like, oh, that sweat really... I, I wasn't as aware how big of a difference sweat made until yeah. I, I learned. I th maybe it's been... Dude, I can't... If, if I give you a context of time, don't quote me how long mm -hmm. ago it was. It's You know, life turns into a big blur. I'm senile, yeah. You old... Call me senile. Dude, at the end of this summer... I'm going to ask you, where have you been? What did you do? And you're like, dude, I'm I'm not even going to remember your name. Right. Um, speaking of remembering my name, you are setting up a visit to Houston. Oh. On the uh, tour? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, <laughs> dang it, man. Planning on it. You do that dumb look really good well. Joke. You do it well. Yeah. I, I think it's natural. Um, it is. So uh, just for guys and gals who are interested, th this is great because did any of you guys know Jesse before t yesterday? Before tomorrow? <laughs> That's because exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, no, sorry. But we're gonna have. Uh, but it was love at first sight. We're gonna have you back on the show <laughs> when you come to visit Houston. That you have to follow on Bo's footsteps, but be better. No beer dues on the show, um, which I guess is something that they've just killed anyway. You know, it's funny. Oh, when you said beer dues on the show, I was about to be like, "Yeah, we do a podcast in Houston. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing, we're doing one. We're doing it. Not just in Florida. Oh, idiot. Uh, um, Tomorrow. Yeah. So we're funny, doing <laughs> funny thing is uh, some of the guys from Jumptown, they're, uh, they're making some stickers for me that say, who the fuck is Jesse O'Neill? Um, you know, like the... Seen the hashtag in the feed already. Oh, is it really? Did Justin, was there one there? Please tell me there was. Uh, uh, Probably. No, hashtag who the fuck is Jesse O'Neill? So. I think, dude, I... Uh, anyways, so... They're, well, they're Sonic said the FNG... <laughs> <laughs> so they're your buddies are making stickers. Yeah, I, they're pretty funny. I like them. Man, now I'm curious. I'm I'm trying to pull up my phone, but I'm never going to keep I'm gonna up. I'm going to try and find it. Yeah. I don't see it. Yeah, I do. I swear when I went to the bathroom on one of those breaks, I took my phone with me and just sat down. catching up. Yeah, yeah, dude. Sat down. The water's cold. You know the rest <laughs> of it, man. Um the performance designs tour We've already talked a little bit about how people are going to get there. When they see you, what can they expect? How soon do you set up? What's it cost to get a demo? What's the process to demo a canopy? So uh, they'll probably see a tent. And it says PD on it or a big PD trailer. Um, I mean, it depends. You know, say sometimes uh, I'll get there the, the night before and, and uh, set up. Sometimes I start setting up in the morning. Um, you know, it's kind of dependent case by case. But, uh, yeah, usually I have the tent set up unless I'm in a location where I can't. Um, Come on over. We got, you know, talk about what you want to fly, what you're flying now. Um, doesn't cost anything to demo. What? What? That was almost in, uh, like, <laughs> you almost nailed in it. In sync. Uh, mm, but no, that's not in sync. <laughs> Wrong band. <laughs> yeah, that was way before I was born. The uh, 
How, how old are you? We talked 19. about this. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, no, you're not. Daddy. <laughs> but they, you, <laughs> you could be much older than 19 and still call me daddy as a matter of fact they, i know you're anytime old. you can call me daddy uh, no, but hold on hold on earlier you said 19 and said just joking 25 which one is it that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying all right we're good <laughs> and uh i forgot oh the only the only cost is um you know seven bucks for pack for the last pack, pack job because would you really want someone else's pack job in there? I'd but much rather have someone employed by the manufacturer to do that pack job. Damn straight. Um, but a lot of people, some people might remember from Bo, um, none, we don't, like, I don't keep any of that money that's not in my pocket money. Last year, um, Bo put a lot of it into a, I forget what, what it was called, but um, basically like environmental offset, um, mm. you know, because we're driving around the country. So all of that packing money um, got donated to this company. Uh, I, I will have the details on which what it, company it was at a later date. Um, it, it's not easy or it's not difficult to argue that skydiving is a wasteful sport. Right? That's for sure. I mean, between yeah. the manufacturing the materials, burning of jet fuel, and the fact that no one really needs to be jumping out of an airplane, yeah. right? So uh, I, th- I think that's a super uh, super solid move. Yeah. I think Bo actually created that move. I'm not sure. I think early on the packers, the, the the tour reps were just paid themselves for packing, which I think is very fair and very oh, legitimate. Maybe. Yeah. Or, um, yeah. I mean, I can't speak yeah. to that, but I, I, I've been told that it w- if it wasn't for that, like it would be for like buying beer or food yeah. or something like that Party for the that drop night. zone, you know, um, like in when I was in Sebastian, I ended up on my, I think it was New Year's Eve, ended up helping the packers clean the, the mat because they were swamped down there. And then, you know, all the, that packing money I went and bought uh, around for all the packers. You know, so it's like little things like that, giving back. You know, Bo was on the show, and I think of him every time I go to the grocery store now and that I forget my uh, my reusable bag. Because he, he took a stand about, like, about not using plastic bags. And it's like, that's something that, you know, some of your friends could hear that and make fun of you for it. Of, oh, you stupid hippie, just use a grocery bag. But the fact that he was bold enough to say, hey, like, this is bad for the environment and I'm taking a stand on it. I don't always do a great job of remembering that reusable bag, but I definitely grab it more often, and he's the person I think about. So, good move. Thinking about you, Bo. Yeah, no, we're I love not. You. Hey, I'm wearing a bracelet that you put on me almost a year ago. <laughs> I love you. You're so pretty. <laughs> I, I was actually noticing your bracelet as we sit here, and if you look at us, we're like a mirror image of each other, except for a different color watch. Dorks. Yeah. You're jealous because you don't look like us. I'm a ginger. I'll never look like you. Thank God, you <laughs> soulless, soulless human being. You're not even, you soulless bastard. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the demo tour, so they got to pay seven bucks. What if I demo 10 canopies today? Is it seven bucks for each yeah, canopy the, switch the last, over? Yeah, the last time that you, you know, the last pack job for that canopy. You okay. just bring it back to us, we pack it, and yeah. So I want to come demo a Katana 120. How many times can I jump it? Uh, generally, we say, um, you know, Throw a couple of jumps on it, you know. Throw three jumps on it, get a feel for it. Come back, check in, see if if anyone else is uh, you know looking to jump it. Um, you know, maybe you can throw a couple more jumps on it. Maybe you know get you on something else and let the other person jump it. There's no like you know deadline number of what you can and or the maximum amount of jumps that you can do. But obviously, like we're out there doing this for you guys. Like don't take you know don't need to take advantage of the program and just have a, a free canopy in your rig for the weekend. Um, so. I have actually heard jumpers tell me that's what they're going to do. Yeah. And I, I'm i not a narc, so I'm not going to go tell daddy on you. I also have 
known a lot of tour reps over the years, and I'll tell you, these guys are not nearly as dumb as Bo looks. I mean, he can read. He's actually a very pretty face. He's not dumb looking at all. Um, the, you guys read into it very quickly. You guys realize what's going on right yeah. away. So you're not going to really pull the wools over their eye. So uh, another question in that same direction of demoing canopies, let's, let's make up a, a, a version of life. Let's say my name is Francisco, and I jump a parachute, and I cut it away, and I lose it. Mm-hmm. What's like, if I lose one of your canopies on a demo, what do you guys, what's the policy? Well, so like, you know, if you, if you lost, um, uh, you know, your buddy's canopy, you know, or, or a drop zone's canopy, um, just because we're the manufacturer doesn't mean that it doesn't cost us anything, <laughs> you know, um, as you said, it takes a, a lot to, to make these things. So, um, and obviously we're not out there looking to, you know, to screw everyone over either. So, um, it's really, you know, we, we work with you the best that we can. Um, and, you know, go out and look for it with you, or uh, I got got my drone, you know, so ended up... Any excuse to fly it? Any excuse to fly it. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a parachute. They're expensive. And but I... But you're assuming some level of financial responsibility when you put that rig in your, in your container. Yeah, I, I can't say, like, put exactly the, the what, what, it, what it is or what it would be or um, anything like that, but, you know, we're not there to to make money off of that situation. So I, I, I jokingly, if you've listened to the show long enough, you know, Francisco did that. He's been on the show before and I will tell you, he did exactly what you described. Oh, is this guy you were telling me about? Yeah. (laughs) About don't, don't let him demo any of your canopies because he chopped a (laughs) hybrid Valkyrie and then a Peregrine. Yeah. (laughs) He's landed, (laughs) he landed neither one of those demos. (laughs) If you're, if you really want to demo a PD reserve, be Francisco and jump their mains. He'll cut them away. (laughs) It's so crazy. Um, but no, Cisco did exactly what you said. Uh, and Bo really was extremely helpful. And so extremely cooperative and unfortunately they found them and if I, I didn't i wasn't in town for the uh, peregrine chop but i was in town for the vk chop. it was the very same situation bo was about to roll out like <sighs> this was like the end of the That's tour always how it hey, is hey yeah. hey buddy yeah go ahead and make this last one right before i roll out and uh bye bye i want to wrap this show up because we are running out of time with the do's and don'ts of good demoing the do's and don'ts. Uh, number one, man, make as many hop and pops as you can uh, because spend all your time focused on the canopy. If you're going to get to know a parachute, get to know it. And let's t- I'll, I'll make the argument if you're doing free fall and parachute rides, you're not going to have focused learning. But I'm going to say you're better than me. Um, have you, Nick, have you ever heard me say you're better than most of my friends to a jumper? I'm sure I've heard you drop that line, yeah. Do you know what that line means, Jesse? Who are most, who's most of my friends? Professional skydivers. Somebody tells me, well, I'm like, okay, good. You're better than most of my friends. I'm calling them a liar. If you ever hear me say to you, you're better than most Ooh, of I my like friends. That. I like that. Yeah, no, so you're better than most of my friends. Now but let me tell knows, you though. what my friends, oh, good. I'm glad you know you're a liar. Uh, <laughs> but what most of my friends can't do is what I'll say from there. Man. Oh, uh, the do's and don'ts. Do, do a hop and pop, not because you won't have the most learning time, but because there's nobody around the sky with you. So mm. even if you're better than most of my friends, you get that focused learning time. The do's and don'ts, a don't, and, and I'll give one of each, is I watched a guy demo a canopy from Performance Designs. This is years ago. Swoop the pond, chow in the pond, walk out with a wet canopy, drop it off to tour rep and said, I didn't like it, and walked away. <laughs> That's a don't. Fucking skydivers. You're not allowed to swoop the pond with our canopies. Really? Yeah. And they, like, no, this Maybe guy, because of that? And it might be because I would say this is 15, 16 years ago that I watched this happen. So in, in your short time, and then I'm sure a lot of training already happened, what would you say some of the good do's and don'ts for jumpers are demoing a parachute? Um, it definitely, you know, I 
obviously, n you know, not everyone can commit to or will commit to doing uh, the, you know, just doing hop and pops or high pose all day. Um, do as many as you can. Really get to learn that canopy because, you know, if you're if you're doing a four way and pulling at 3,500 feet, you don't have a whole lot of time to really understand that what you're flying. Um, so yeah, I agree with that uh, for sure. Um, and you know, at, at the end of the day, like where sometimes people just like from the little bit that I've seen, people just like will stand there and, or be afraid to ask questions, you know, because they they might um, might seem stupid, but um, just ask the questions. You know, it's it's a learning experience. That's what we're there for. Um, we're you know everything from problems with your you know your current canopy um, to you know what you want to fly in the future, like really anything. That's um, I'm not there just to you know hook up a canopy in your container for you to demo I'm there to you know help you with you know maybe help you with your landings maybe help you with your packing it's uh there's a lot that we all can you know oh that's a, a different thing but no, I was going, going off topic that's our show keep going <laughs> <laughs> um yeah basically uh I don't really know any of the don'ts you know I guess I, I will soon well when we have you back on later this season I'm I'll sure you some, you'll have a list I'll of some, yeah I'll, I'll start keeping tally yeah what kind of beer do you drink? Yes. So, guys and gals, if you see Jesse on the demo tour... I love Yes Beer. And you walk up with a cold, would have been the right answer, beer. Then, because if it's warm, you're not going to drink it, are you? Well, nope, yeah. So bring a beer to Jesse. He'll probably <laughs> give you a smile. He'll probably give you a greeting. Whiskey's my favorite. Whiskey. What whiskey? Yes. Yes. Oh, man. You drink scotch at all? Started with scotch. Went to whiskey. My, went, went, went to, went to bourbon's my favorite now. Yeah. We had, uh, as we mentioned earlier at the top of the show, Claudio was supposed to be here. And we'll get Claudio one day. We'll get this arranged. We, we'll work on that. And you were gracious enough to replace Claudio, and you've done a great job. But the first question he asked me is like, uh, I forget who it was. Such Oh, Thomas Hughes said when you sat him down, you fed him a lot of booze. So where's the booze at? Was <laughs> the first question you asked me. Albert wasn't supposed to hear that. You know he's watching. He is not watching. I can see who everybody who is, and there's like Bo actually asked that question also. Where's the alcohol stash? <laughs> <laughs> what up, Bo? Don't be telling on us, man. So when you get to Houston, we'll do the show. It's under the table. I thought that was Nick standing up. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh, we will have that. Guys and gals, as we wrap up, just guys, as we wrap up, anything else you want to share with our friends and family out there? Nothing specific. Just pumped to see you guys on the road and uh, get my feet wet. Not at the swoop pond. Because you're not swooping yeah, the pond with yeah. a demo. No, not, yeah. not with a demo. Mr. P, what else you got for this guy? Uh, not for you specifically, but for PD as a whole, thanks for letting us uh, do this. This is a super great venue, and we're super uh, super happy to be here using their conference room. Hell yeah. I do. We can't thank them enough. These guys have given us really a, a kind of a run of the place, at least this room. They I'm excited for that tour. I'm super excited for that tour, um, and I'll even say tonight we have a guest, Anna Moxness, and you guys are actually going to help and keep the doors open a little bit later for us. So huge shout-out to Petey for letting us be here. Huge shout-out to you because somebody else was supposed to do that tonight, and he's a little bit sick today, and, and I get that, and you volunteered to help out. So, man, Performance Designs, they make great canopies. They're wonderful people. They're wonderful hosts. So huge, huge shout-out, and thanks to you guys. Guys and gals, thanks for tuning in. Uh, this is just the beginning of what's going to be a wonderful week. Just the beginning. Jesse, the beginning. Oh, okay. Peace. We're Peace out. out. <laughs>